Ladies and gentlemen, our next event of the evening is a one-fall match with a 60-minute time limit. Five, four, three, two, one. I'd like to have right now where the big boys play. This is where the big boys play, huh? This is where the big boys play. This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Where the Big Boys Play, where we're going to be looking at the top 100 greatest wrestlers ever. And I'm here with uh, Chad. How are you doing, Chad? Doing good today, Par. And, uh, you know, we over the past uh, what, 18 months, two years, there's been arguments and tears and tantrums and lots and lots of footage watching. And uh, now we're finally at the end. Uh, wh- why don't you explain uh, for our listeners, those of them who are not part of the Pro Wrestling Only Forum, uh, what exactly this is in aid of? Um, so, so I guess really in 2006, uh, Smart's Choice, which was a message board back in the time, did a list of, uh, they entitled it The Greatest Wrestler Ever, had an overall top 100 countdown. Um, I think, I think though on that one, voters could either vote for a top 50 or a top 100 of the singles. I'm pretty sure they didn't have to vote for, uh, 100 to be validated, but, uh, neither me nor Parv. Uh, took place in that vote or were a member of that message board. But uh, some individuals like uh, Dylan and Charles and some of the other guys that we talk about uh, were involved in that process. So Stephen Graham and Dylan kind of together collaborated and created a updated version for the 10-year anniversary of the 2006 poll. And that's... Uh, I guess the current greatest wrestler ever that we'll be talking about today. Yes. Um, and, uh, I mean, this isn't any kind of, uh, we've taken it reasonably seriously. I would say Chad, uh, do you think that's a fair thing to say? Yeah. It's, um, I, I don't, tread carefully, my friend. Yeah. It's a tricky path. Um, I, I guess I would say that the people that created this project, I think, they do want thought into the ballots that they accumulate, I think, certainly. But they also don't want a rigid uh, criteria that every voter has to vote upon. Um, so that can create some of the discussions that have been ongoing. Why don't we have a little talk about criteria now? Um uh, Dylan, uh, Stephen basically left it open. So they're basically like, well, whatever you think the greatest wrestler ever is, um, that should be how you do your list. Um, what I meant by taking it seriously, Chad, was um, that we're, we're not just kind of coming up with the lists off the top of our heads. We've sat down and watched lots and lots of matches and different wrestlers. And, you know, obviously we've both watched a lot of wrestling before. But specifically for this, we've watched additional stuff to try to assess guys that we might be less familiar with. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I'll just say, like, 
I guess any thoughts of the overall view of this project are kind of just my opinion and sort of my personal quirks. Um, so I'll put that as like a, I guess, a caveat for anything I'm about to say. But while I have watched um, a lot of stuff and did take this seriously for the project, one of the things that I wanted to just sort of briefly touch on is, uh, like I said, this this listing was done 10 years ago. I, I After I get done and turn in my ballot and see the results, I'm kind of uh, fine with it being another 10 years before I have to think about this stuff. Um, I'm, I'm happy to say never again, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's getting to that point. And the, and the other thing that I'll just say for me, kind of in my discovery of this project is while I did watch a lot of this stuff, for me personally, I consider this project in some ways a personal failure for myself. Um, as you'll hear, uh, when we kind of get into our list, there'll be certain groups or categories that I did not vote anybody in because I didn't feel qualified uh, in the footage that I had watched to accurately vote them compared to the rest of my list. And for me, that that is, that is pretty difficult. I mean, I, I'd certainly think... I know in the 2006 poll there was some discussion of, well, I don't think there's been 100 great wrestlers, so it's pretty tough to do a top 100, and that was why you could do a top 50. Um, here I didn't have that problem at all. Even with just hand-washing certain categories, which you'll hear about, um, I guess I can get into that now. I didn't vote any 80s Joshi. I didn't vote any World of Sport. I didn't vote any Golden Era candidates, so anybody that really made their case 1975 or above or before, I didn't vote for any of them. Uh, and uh, and I didn't vote for one guy that has a huge case built in the U.S., and that's Buddy Rose. You will not hear Buddy Rose on my list. Um, so, so those... And me not voting for somebody like Buddy Rose that just based on the AWA stuff that I have seen and based on the Portland stuff that I have seen, I know he would rank in my top 100. Not voting for somebody like Jim Brakes, which I've probably watched 10 Jim Brakes matches. I know he would rank in my top 100. Uh, so that's where I kind of had that frustration at points during this project. Yeah, I, I too ran out of time as it were um there were people i wanted to make a final call on that i didn't really have the time to do um i guess my big uh, casualty for that would have been fujiwara um and likewise chad there are certain categories that you know i'm not voting in i'm not voting any 1950s golden age workers um just an era that i struggle to get into and i just haven't done the necessary legwork um, I'm not voting any shoot style guys, as you know. Um, a few lucha workers have crept uh, into my list. Um, I just f couldn't, in good conscience, let you know we're only going to do this once, right, Chad? So might as well make it as accurate as I can based on what I believe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's so that's kind of. I, I mean, that's why, like, I mean, with a with a project this encompassing, you're not going to be able to watch it all. It's no. it's an evergreen project, 
And even something, I mean, for me, just something like voting or comparing wrestlers versus comparing matches. We did our top 100 matches yeah. uh, a few months ago. I'm someone that it's much easier for me to rank matches versus workers. Um, I know somebody like Dylan is the opposite of that. Uh, but I, it, it's just, it is very difficult for me to grade how effective a worker is in a five minute TV match and how that should wait for him versus uh, like the all Japan four pillars that were having 20 plus minute main events. Most of the time it, uh, that's, that's a very difficult thing for me um, to well, gauge. Well, well, Chad, just before we get into this list. And I mean, when I say that we ran out of time, I mean, um, like I watched a lot more wrestling than I usually watch. I mean, I, I think we've talked about this before, Chad, but you in an average week might get through eight hours plus of footage, maybe even more. Um, at, at certain times in the past few months, I've been up to about, um, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 hours a week of watching wrestling, which is for me at the very, very upper, you know, the fact that I'm not completely burnt out and never want to watch wrestling again is something, I guess. <laughs> um, so, yeah, right. I, I even ran out of time even doing that, I guess, is uh, what I wanted to say. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think you'll ever have enough time, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Because yeah. I, I think there's enough footage now that's easily available that if you watched everything uh, that you could, you would already have forgotten what you started with. So you just have to start right back over. So just before we actually start on this list, Chad, um, I do have, you know, we need to discuss, like, what are you looking for from the greatest wrestler ever? What was your personal criteria when you drew up your list? Um, well, uh, you you may want to give your formula first. I, I guess my list, <laughs> I never had, I certainly did have a set formula. Um, I, I looked for someone that I, I was, I mean, great match theory that the whole argument seems like a long time ago but i i am someone that really kind of gauges great matches like i said it's it's tough for me to kind of put in a worker's eyes a five minute tv match with someone that may have an impressive move or a neat little uh, chain wrestling escape or something like that versus a four-star main event i i don't know that's just it's it's something difficult for me to separate the match time match positioning stuff like that from the workers uh so that in in, in that regard great matches do carry a lot of weight uh i i like i like versatility of opponents i think if you have uh, a lot of opponents and a lot of kind of standout performances that are really easily for me to trigger in my mind if your name's brought up as a worker that helps um so being kind of average and just being a good worker um not necessarily i would say is but i mean there's someone that i can just point to super delphin i really like super delphin and most of the matches i've watched with him from the yearbooks but when i created my list i couldn't find like that signature super delphin performance and so, therefore, he didn't make my top 100. So, I'd say those are kind of the two, I guess, biggest. I didn't wait anything like promos. Um, no. I think the great 
great matches and variety and kind of your overall performance. I think certain things like charisma, the intangibles, those are naturally going to creep in. Uh, those kind of a lot of ways go hand in hand. I think uh, most of the great matches have fairly charismatic workers in them. Right. Uh, um, now, for the, I don't want to spend too long on this, um, but for those people who you know haven't been following things on the board, uh, who are just listeners to the show, for example, and they do exist believe it or not chad um i uh i actually devised a um a kind of six uh factor model a scale a formula for rating wrestlers and i basically gave them ratings out of 10 in each of these six categories so i was i, I called it big lav which is the first uh, six letters of the of the category so uh really i'm <laughs> so, you, you realize you realize if uh if political hit hadn't been such a hot topic around our uh wrestling sphere uh at this point in time a uh, big lab is right there is a, a very solid number two <laughs> gets, gets thrown out a lot on a podcast i was listening to uh, the we don't know wrestling podcast this morning uh big lab got a shout out so <laughs> well um I mean, I'm basically what this is like. I basically looked at what everybody else was looking for and tried to formulate and tried to, to kind of just put it into a system. So I was thinking, well, like Chad, you're a guy who really looks at great matches. I'll, I'll just go through the six categories. The base ability that is basically how good are they as a worker? And I just rated them out of offense, psychology, and uh, selling in that, and they get a rating out of nine essentially for that. And then you can get plus ones for various different things. Um, intangibles is basically a, uh, a measure of the kind of um, charisma or the X factor, I guess you'd say. An example of a 10 for intangibles is somebody like a, like a Hulk Hogan. Okay. Like everything feels like a bigger deal when Hogan's around, so he's a 10. Uh, G is the great matches. L is the length of peak. Now, this is something I didn't hear you talk about, Chad. Is that not an important factor for you, the, the length of the peak? I, I think to a degree, uh, you will see that most of my workers that are on my list are not a flash in the pan. Um, I, I, I guess, I mean, somebody I've, I've enjoyed a lot of the, uh, the wrestling that Evolve's been doing the last couple of years, but so like Timothy Thatcher. In the past three years, he's been one of my favorite wrestlers, but I didn't consider him for this list because his peak's too short. Yeah, but that's interesting because the guy I always think of with this category, uh, Chad, is Rick Rude. I mean, we've been watching him on this show, and, you know, he's so great in 1992, but how many other years does he have on that level? Yeah, has the one, I guess, Rude has that one all-world year, and maybe some other good stuff you can point to. You, you, give, him, yeah, you give him 1989, right? But uh, yeah. One year where he's really, I'd say, you know, top 10, top 15 in the world uh, is only 92. And then I've got the ability to work different styles and roles, um, which is basically how versatile were they as a worker? How many different types of things could they do? Could they work gimmick matches? Could they work in different places? Um, things like this, and then the V is the variety of opponents and memorable feuds. So that is okay. Even if you t- if you if they don't have many great matches, how many like guys could they prove that they could have a watchable, memorable match with? 
uh, over the course of their career. So this is like, you know, where the great matches are the five stars and the, the four and three quarters, the uh, the V, the variety of opponents, is more different guys that you're having matches at the kind of three and a half, three and, you know, three quarters type. Your, your Sam Houston versus Ric Flair matches. Yeah, um, because I think that you need to give people credit for those sorts of things as well as for the great matches. So, um, shall we, shall we make a start, Chad? I think, uh, I think we've, we've, uh, gone through the criteria enough. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get it going. I'm, uh, pretty excited. <laughs> I'm pretty excited as well. <laughs> so what we're going to do here is that we're going to start off pretty quickly. We're going to, Chad is going to run through the first 10 guys on his list from 191. Then I'm going to check to see if I've got any of them higher. And then we're going to have a little talk about them. And then we'll do the same with mine. Okay? So, Chad, take your first 10 away. Number 100, Ian Rotten. Number 99, El Samurai. Number 98, Hulk Hogan. Number 97, Steve Austin. Number 96, Brock Lesnar. Number 95, Shiyoshi Kikuchi. Number 94, Sean Waltman. Number 93, Shinobi Kandori. Number 92, Tracy Smothers. And number 91, Masafuchi. Interesting. Okay, so um, I've got quite a few of them uh, on my list as well. What number was Sean Waltman, uh, uh, Chad? Number 94. Okay, he is higher on mine. Just. Wow, that's, cool. <laughs> um, that's a surprise. Uh, Hogan was on my list. Who else did you say? Uh, Austin, I assume he majors. Yeah, Austin is higher. Okay, uh, Brock. Brock is he... Brock is higher. Uh, uh, Fu- what Fu- about Fuchi? Fuchi is higher. Yeah. So I, I don't. Did, uh, Kikuchi didn't end up making it for you, Let's right? I just think I look. No, I don't think Kikuchi did make it. No. So c- carry on, Chad. Why don't you talk us through some of these workers? Okay. Well, I'll just touch on some of the. Uh the ones that you did not have higher. So my number 100, I, I mean, I know a lot of people will kind of pick vanity picks at the end. My number 100 is the only one that I would kind of consider a straight vanity pick. I picked Ian Rotten. Um, I, I think he's someone that has great versatility. I've really enjoyed him in death matches. I don't have many death match workers on my list. I do have a couple more coming up. Um, but not that many, but I think he's really good with that. But he can also really work the mat, which is surprising for a 300-pound, fat, white, you know, hillbilly that can really kind of get on the mat and do some nice grinding technical mat work. And for all its faults and failures as a promotion in IWA Mid-South, Ian, whose Ian's idol is Dusty Rhodes, and I really think he presented himself as a pretty good kind of low-rent Dusty Rhodes figure within that promotion as the owner, ace, booker, uh, all-encompassing. And I I think he's a better worker than Dusty Rhodes, so he made my list. El Samurai <laughs> is someone that's like a, uh, a better version of Super Delphin that I talked about before, where he does have those performances that stand out, like in yeah. the Liger match. <laughs> I watched a couple of them uh, a couple of weeks ago. The El Samurai was good. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. So, so I just think he's a really solid worker. I don't know how many lists he'll be on, but I, I think he's someone that's kind of been, uh, I guess, forgotten a little bit in time. 
Uh, Kikuchi, not much to say about him. Just like a great baby face worker. I think he's been, he was an integral crog in the 1990s All Japan stuff. And then I really loved him in that Noah feud in uh, 2003. Contender for the best face in peril of all time. It's got to be in in that conversation, right? Right. Right. Last one uh, is Tracy Smothers. Someone I don't think you like very much, Parv, but... Really liked him in Smoky Mountain Wrestling as kind of the ace. He has a really good match for Dirty White Boy that's on TV that's uh, based all around punches. Really loved his uh, independent run where he shows up in IWA Mid-South and is able to heal it up with the crowd and get legit heat. And then his ECW stuff as part of the FBI is a whole lot of fun too. And Tracy's still someone that's wrestling today. So he has that longevity. I mean, he's someone that had a four and a half star match in 1990 as part of the Young Pistols, and he was good in Continental a couple years before that. So from 1988 to right now, he's been able to have an enjoyable match. So he definitely has a pretty long uh, longevity there. Right. Well, let me go through my ten then. Uh, my first ten. This is interesting, isn't it? And uh, for the for the big lab nerds out there. The final cutoff point was 28. So these last two guys had 28. And there were a whole bunch of guys on 28. Um, and the tiebreaker was the B rating. So these are the guys with the highest B rating in the 28. So this is, uh, like, my list is pure maths, Chad, as you know. <laughs> um, and one of the interesting quirks of that is that there will be guys on my list who I don't really love that much. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting thing to see as we move on. I, do you love all of the people on your list, Chad? That's a question to ask. Um, I'd, I would say pretty much, yeah. There's a couple. There's one coming up in my next 10 that I struggle with and I don't care a lot about. And then uh, I would say there's only a couple coming up and I'll point them out that I don't absolutely really love. Yeah. All right. So number 100 ended up as... Magnum TA. Uh, number 99 was Mr. Sato. Uh, number 98, and Chad is going to laugh because it's Rick Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, n- number 97 is Ivan Koloff. Uh, number 96 is Brian Pillman, who we've talked about quite a bit on the show. Number 95, uh, Wahoo McDaniel. Number 94, somebody we discussed quite a bit last week on the board, Dean Malenko. Uh, who I'm pretty surprised actually made it in the end. Number 93, Tommy Rogers of the Fantastics fame. Uh-huh. Number 92, Sean Waltman, Chad. All right. And number 91, one of Dylan's favorites, Ken Patera. So, do you have any of those guys higher on your list? Mr. Saito. Wow. Okay. So we'll hold off... Uh, Talking about Satan. So none of the other guys are on your list apart from Waltman? No. Wahoo. I'll just say Wahoo and Tommy Rogers were. I, I like I said, I had a guy, uh, 179 guys. And that was the ones that when I looked at the list that I, I just said no to. I deleted all them. And then I ended up with 179 names that I narrowed down. So both Wahoo and Tommy Rogers made that list. But then I also highlighted some in blue, and those were about like my last 15 cuts, and Wahoo was one of my last 15 cuts. Oh, oh. Um, I, I, uh, I had 100 and 
82 guys that I stuck through the machine. And uh, there were some pretty brutal ones towards the end there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll talk about some of those a bit later on. But uh, oh, so Pillman was on that list. I know for a fact. Um, I don't think he was one of the last like few cuts though. No, I don't have him highlighted. Right. Okay. So I'll just go quickly say. I mean, Magnum TA, uh, one of those guys, short peak, I guess you'd say. Uh, but in the time that he was around. He has quite a lot of really good matches. Of course, there's the Tully one. There's the Teddy Biasi ones from Mid-South. He's got a pretty good match with Wahoo that we watched, Chad. I mean, he's got prior, quite a... For a guy with only really a three-year career, he's got a lot of good stuff, I think, um, which is how he's made it here. Uh, Rick Steiner, I think, uh, yes, he doesn't have great psychology, but I've he's in a lot of matches that I really enjoy. Um, and I think his 1989 is kind of a sneaky underrated year for uh, him. Um, Ivan Koloff, great worker. Um, we He has a footage problem, I guess, uh, as a lot of the 70s guys do. But from the stuff that we have of him on tape, he looks like a really good worker. And he does have a lot of um, pretty good uh, performances on TV uh, especially in Georgia and in Crockett uh, when he's in the tag team. Um, he, actually a pretty good backland opponent as well. Um, anyone else? Oh, Brian Pillman. Um, I mean, we've talked about Pillman a lot in this show, Chad. I think yeah. we've, we've, you know, pretty much, he is a really good as a face or as a heel, as we're seeing now. Um, kind of the guy who maybe didn't get some of the breaks that he, he could have had in his career. Uh, but, you know, very talented worker. Also someone a uh, pretty short peak, I mean. Also, yes, and I think a lot of these guys are guys with either who are basically strong in one or two categories, but uh, weaker in some of the others. Um, Wahoo, um, obviously a legend, great matches with Flair, stiff as hell. Uh, Dean Malenko, no, no, Chad, I have to ask you, any thoughts on him? Yeah, not a... Not a huge fan of him. I kind of, I guess, said my piece on him and the pro wrestling only aboard about him. Um, I just, I, I think, I mean, you know, we have a WCW Super Show podcast, so we're pretty big WCW fans. But I think one of the great myths that gets thrown around way too much in the internet era is, oh, those guys are having, you know, really good matches on Nitro all the time or great, you know, long cruiserweight matches or the cruiserweights are really you know, just the, the, the fact of it. And when I watched, I've watched all of 1997 and the 1998 Nitros uh, in the last five years or so. And then watched all the stuff through the yearbooks. And there's some good stuff, certainly. But I know when watching the stuff on a week-to-week basis, there's also a lot of four or five-minute matches that are a star and a half, two stars. I mean, it's it's fine. It wasn't like... Dean and it, it wasn't like Dean Malenko was going out there every week and having a 15 minute match with Psychosis and then the next week having a 15 minute match with Silver King and so forth. Yeah, no, I, I'd uh, I'd agree with that. I mean, he's managed to reach this placement somehow through the ratings. Um, I've actually watched quite a bit of Malenko in the past week or so against William Regal, and he didn't really impress me that uh, much. But I I think he. I think in a way he has become a little bit like 
he was so overrated when I first came online that I think the narrative's almost gone like too too far the other way. Maybe like he was he could do things that some of the other guys couldn't do there. Yeah, I think he's a a good worker, but I and I know you may disagree with this, but I think there's I I kind of threw it out in that thread, but I think there's a lot of indie workers now that somebody like Timothy Thatcher, okay, that's a good right. example. I, to me, better wrestler than Dean. Neither one has much charisma, so. And and I don't I didn't really see Dean's peak is all that long either, so between those two, I, I mean I'd almost pick Thatcher even at this point, as fresh in his career. I, I I just think if we do do this list of ten years, Dean, I would be surprised if he makes it again. Okay, yeah, no, I can I can see that. I I think he may be a guy who benefits from having been on WCW TV for so long. Yeah. Um, that like okay, even if he has having two star matches most weeks, he has enough opportunities that people remember those high points. Yeah, he has. I mean, he has a. It's kind of interesting with Dean that even without any charisma, he has that marketability of being kind of the ultimate technician, the Ice Man, you know, man yeah. of a thousand holds. He those those things are very easy to kind of click off your tongue when you're talking about him. And then there's, uh, well, there's Tommy Rogers. I think we've talked about him a lot on this show. Yeah. Uh, really Fantastics are a great team. And um, really, uh, there was, like, there's a lot of those 80s tag teams, and it's hard to know what to do with some of those guys. But I, I honestly think Tommy Rogers, apart from Ricky Morton and Bobby Eaton, is like the next best worker in those 80s tag teams that we think of, probably. Yeah, he would be my number three, maybe Stan Lane, but those are the next two after Morton and Eaton for do, me. Now, do you want to say anything about Sean Waltman? Um, yeah, I guess that's the only two crossover. He's he's someone that uh, made my list, I thought, from 1990 to 1997. He was uh, a really strong worker, uh excelled in different areas worked great as a heel worked great as a face was a natural coming out of the gate i, I did a longish post on him today uh, on pro wrestling only but just like him and jerry lynn in 1990 the 1990 independence wrestling part is is pretty bad as someone that's vetted some of the stuff for the yearbooks yeah. There's a lot of bad, like Reckless Youth, not good. Ace Darling, Cheetah Master, all these kind of stalwarts of the uh, Northeastern independent scene were not good. And to see someone like Waltman, uh, you see Waltman versus Lynn on a match list now, and you think, oh, this is just going to be a spotty kind of low-rent Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn type match, but no, Waltman actually works a leg injury in one and does some great healing and just kind of has that overall package, and he was someone that could go into WWF and have that great upset versus Razor Ramon, but also uh, work that great TV match versus Bret Hart on Raw, which is one of the best, uh, if not for Bret versus Owen for WrestleMania 10, I think that is the best match probably in the WWF in 1994 is that Raw title match. So he had that, and then once he joined the NWO, I think he was still an important cog. Uh, later on in his career, he still could go, but then you had the X-Pac heat and all that stuff that kind of 
I guess most people got disenfranchised with him, but I think overall really good worker and somebody that probably should have had more chances in his career to uh, elevate himself up the card. Also someone I think that it's, it's possibly easy to forget about in the overall scheme of things. Like he was there in a lot of big moments uh, across like the Monday night wars, um, you know, and I thought he was pretty good week to week on TV and, like, he was a very dependable worker, I thought, Sean Waltman. So, um, yeah. And then Campatera, um, if you, I mean, obviously, there, there's lots of, uh, I think, Dylan's back catalogue on Campatera goes into pages and pages, hours and hours. Um, but uh, I will say that he is one of the few guys who has really come out of Titans footage watching Chad, uh, plus the AWA stuff that we watched on that 80s yearbook. Um, he's a very, you know, very good at selling, uh, like not a super duper worker, but he does have a lot of, lot of solid performances across the time that he was active. Um, and I mean, like it doesn't, don't, uh, Scott and Justin call him pasty legs, Patera all the time. Um, like I think, <laughs> I think he's someone who suffers from having like his absolute career low on like just coinciding with the point where wrestling was at its most popular. So people remember the old post kind of, you know, more post, yeah. Post jail, post jail, Patera basically. And he, no, he was a good worker um, and had one of Bob Backlund's very, very best matches, the Texas uh, death match. Yeah. One uh, one for May. Yeah. Which had got a standing ovation at MSG. So, you know, I think Ken Patera was one of the great workers of his, of his era. Um, a, a contemporary of Ivan Koloff's, really. They're, they're both there together. So, um, shall I go through my next ten, Chad? I think we'll do it like tag team like that. What okay, go ahead. All right. Uh, and I, I, I'm going to say that none of these guys made your list. So let's well, see. That's good because I'm, I'm pretty confident none of my 90 to 81 made your list either. So that'll be good. So I, right. So 90 is Kenji Muta. Okay. Great, uh, no, 89 Scott Steiner. <laughs> Uh, 88 is Jose uh, Lothario. Um, uh, 87 is Tommy Rich. 86, controversial, the Dynamite Kid. Uh, 85, Dennis Condry. 84 is the Destroyer. Uh, 83 is Ravishing Rick Rude. Uh, 82 is Hulk Hogan. And 81 is Dusty Rhodes. Okay, so uh, I do have the Destroyer higher. That interests me. Okay. I bet he's the only one of those. Yeah, and actually, yeah, I know I went on my spell at the earlier and said I didn't read any of posts like that. He is the exception, and that's because most of his Japanese stuff, uh, you know, a lot of his big matches we do have on tape, and I have seen. Um, Ch- Chad, does that mean you did not rate Rick Rude in your top 100? I did not. Wow. Okay, I think that's a bombshell for this show because it's given too, up. Too, too brief. Um, <laughs> yeah, too, too brief a peak. Wow. Okay, and uh, you didn't rate Great Muta either. No, not so, Great Muta. Somebody that I do not like. I don't think he holds up well at all going through the yearbooks. He is someone that has some really good performances and can have a match of the year candidate. And then the next night, you know, you see in these G1 climaxes, some nights he has a great four-star match with Hashimoto. 
Next night he comes out there and he's facing, you know, somebody competent like a Suzuki or Sus whoever and i mean they just they just lay a turd he's lazy he's rolling around on the mat and doing nothing i I, very inconsistent worker in my eyes now now this is one thing that we might talk about a tiny bit is that one weakness of the big lav system i guess is that i don't really have a way of registering negatives like that there is no consistency rating so what was uh what was muda's intangibles was he a 10 he was a seven oh oh yeah i think um, actually come to low given the gimmick uh, no well, I think the gimmick is worth about a 7 but uh, Muta is somebody who got like 4s and 5s across the board and he's somebody that if you look at his greatest hits so not his week in week out just like what's his greatest what's on his highlight reel like right. it's pretty actually like he's got that match with Hase. He's got, got the the Muda scale match. He has the G1 climax final with versus Chono. Yeah, he's got that match with Regal I watched the other day, which is just uh, God. He takes a beating in that one. Yeah, I watched that this morning. Like so, he get he gets some. Like what I'm saying is, is that his highlight reel actually has quite a lot of memorable. Like just the start, the, the just the times when Muta crops up in WCW that we watched. You know, he's just like he makes an impact. And a guy like that who has like high highs, I guess, and is inconsistent in between, as we'll see, it is a quirk of the system that guys like that come out with decent scores because I don't have like a way of saying, well, yeah, but what you know, he was shitty on this on this house show or he was shitty on right. this on and that I guess that's a big difference that would be between like me and a me and Pete uh, on the Titans say, you know, his talking points always about like Brett dogged it on house shows. Well, I don't have a way of registering that, if that makes any sense. So um, just something to think about as we go through. And uh, Scott Steiner is a similar case, really, where, yeah, okay, Scott Steiner, like, on a week-to-week basis, maybe not the greatest worker ever, but um, his highlights, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I reckon Scott Steiner's been in at least 10 matches I'd give four and a half stars to. And I, I realize that we have a difference of opinion on that, Chad. But, you know... Um, like he's got, I take his greatest hits package. I gladly watch a one disc kind of best of Scott Steiner. And I th- think I'd have a lot of fun. <laughs> um, uh, Lothario has been one of the stars of the NWA classics, uh, which, uh, Peter has talked about quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he's, um, he's shown himself to be a great baby face. He's obviously in the twilight of his career there yeah. in the Houston stuff, but he throws a great punch. He's got a really sound understanding of psychology. Uh, have you seen any of that stuff, Chad? The, the yeah, what they, that's one thing with Lothario that I'll say. You know, you talked about like Scott and Justin with Patera. I'm the, I was the same way with Lothario. Like, you know, I mean, what, what I thought of Lothario was him practically being Shawn Michaels' babysitter in 1996. Yeah. So to see him... Um, you know, have I haven't seen a lot of that NWA classic stuff, but I've seen a couple of matches and really, really fun worker. And even in the world class stuff we just watched that's on the network, he crops up a few times and he's very, uh, very good in that as well. Really in the twilight of his career, it's kind of the elder statesman gatekeeper type role. No, 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 Chad, you're a, you're a Georgia boy. 
And yeah. you, you didn't write Tommy Rich. What's going on? Tommy, yeah, Tommy Rich is another one of those casualties on the uh, that was on my short list. Um, he, I, he's hurt a little bit by footage, which is why he's so I, I low down footage, online. But. Yeah, I, I don't think he has that many... I guess I would say classic great matches, and that's probably where like my great match uh, prejudice comes into play versus other people. I mean, I don't I don't know many Tommy Rich matches I've given four and a quarter, four and a half stars to. I I will say he he does have a pretty good tag run with Eddie Gilbert in Memphis, which I've been watching recently, yeah. where. I've given several of those matches for four stars plus. So, but I'd, I'd like you haven't dug into some of that Memphis stuff recently. Well, well right, I mean, the while you're feud in '87, I think is the peak of that type of stuff, and he's in a lot of great stuff there. But right uh, on the other side of that, either side later in his career, or earlier in his career, it's either we don't have it on footage. Like I'm probably pretty sure stuff with Buzz Sawyer would be in that range, but. We yeah. just don't know, you know. Yeah, if only somebody would find that tape, eh? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Dynamite Kid. Um, now, this is one of those things where people are going to accuse me of being a Spot Monkey fan or whatever. <laughs> but I, honestly, I think that I think the guy had great execution. He was totally different. I mean, we watched him on Titans uh, with it uh, in MSG. Uh, like him and Tiger Mask bring that match mm-hmm. to MSG. And honestly, like you know what that environment is like, Chad, and they are losing their shit for that match. Um, so, yeah, I think he was. A, I mean, he's an innovator, of course, but honestly, I think some of the like the famous match that was given f- the five stars to the people is pretty disappointing, Chad. Yeah, but, 4, but 21, 1983. Yeah, but they have a whole series of them, you know, and I I thought one of them was really good. Um, and Tiger Mask is a really really hit and miss guy. Uh, I'll just say, I'll just tell you, the Tiger Mask was not on my list, Chad. Was he on yours? <laughs> no, me either. No. But, like, Dynamite Kid doesn't just have the Tiger Mask matches. He has the Bulldogs run. He has um, various other matches in Japan. And I think he looks pretty darn good as a worker. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's the Chris Benoit connection. I don't know if that hurts him at this point. But, um, like, I would take his snap suplex over Benoit's, for example. Um, so yep, uh, Dennis Condry uh, didn't make your list either, Chad. Um, no, uh, probably I don't know him and Tommy Rogers. I feel bad, neither one made my list. Great tag workers, yeah. I mean, Dennis Condry's like, uh, I don't know, he's like your pure kind of territory psychology heel, really, right? Um, now Hulk Hogan and Dusty Rhodes. Do you know it's funny? I might as well tell you who the next guy is on my list as well, Chad. Because seeing the three of them together here is really quite interesting. Because it goes Hulk Hogan, Dusty Rhodes, Sting. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and in that order as well. Um, and I think it's because Sting's Sting's base rating is slightly higher than the other two. Like, cause I think Sting is a slightly better worker than Hogan and Dusty. Like in the ring, would you not agree? Um, <laughs> so any thoughts about I mean Hogan made your list didn't he yeah he was number 98 <laughs> why, why didn't he talk to me about Hulk I put uh, I put Hogan and Austin back to back kind of to be funny um, <laughs> I, did, I did put Austin one spot ahead and I really walked on that actually um, I, Hogan's somebody that I think watching the yearbooks is actually he's risen in my eyes uh, 
I've I've grown kind of an affection for his late 80s formula with his seven minute energetic main event matches. Um, I I I think they kind of provide a fun contrast. No, no, I do have a question about the Hogan. Like, why does Hogan get stick for his formula, but Jerry Lawler doesn't get stick for his? It's exactly the same. It, well, yeah, is, well, is it is it because Lawler does long term selling and Hogan? Just, yeah, I mean, I, I I think so, but I I, I mean, I kind of I mean, for, for me, I like both of those the same way. Where you know, with Lawler, you had the kind of the villain du jour coming in in Memphis, and that was the same with Hogan. I mean, you got matches in the late eighties, him versus. Uh, whoever, one man gang, bad news, uh, you, you name it. He kind of ran through them. Big boss man, uh, this kind of gauntlet of contenders, and they're all none of those matches are really great, I would say, but they're all fun. But in the '90s, I think he really had some legitimately great stuff, like the Desert Storm match versus uh, Slaughter, yep. the Ric Flair Bash at the Beach match, the the Stan Hansen Japan match. So. Later on in Hogan's career, oh, the Diamond Dallas Page Nitro matches, those are really good performances from Hulk. And, I mean, you got the stuff like the Warrior. So Hulk has had a lot of, I would say, fun to good matches with a lot of opponents. And if you dig into it a bit more, there's the Bockwinkle match in AWA. There's the stuff. Backwinkle match in 80, which I... The the Backwinkle match in 80 was was really good. The stuff in Japan... With with uh you know did, did he work in Noki and in fact I was pretty disappointed by the Noki one I have to say but like he's got the stuff in Japan and also there's the like the matches that weren't on pay per views that Hogan was pretty good in in the eighties like there's one against Doctor D David Schultz where he gets the you know where he blades and gets the tar beaten out of him and right. various different matches with Paul Orndorff and like all of that stuff is pretty not like not bad you know. Um, I think he's got a couple of good matches with uh, with Savage, of course, Ted. You know, like it's not like he's having terrible, terrible matches in all of these different. Um, like I think the Earthquake match is underrated. Oh yeah, the Earthquake. Uh, they have a match in MSG that is really good too, a cage match. So, so and one of the things I I will also say about Hogan is that I do think he is on. Like people think about the no selling. I, I've always maintained he's an underrated seller when it comes to generating sympathy during the heels heat sequence. Like he does that better than Bob Backlund does, for example. Like but to the extent that Backlund does it at all. Do, do you know what I mean? So like the comeback means something because he sells and sells and sells in the in the five or six minutes that he gives the heel on top. So Yeah, uh, how do you think he sells compared to someone like Bruno? Um I think they're comp- I think he's probably better than Bruno at selling. I, I honestly, I mean, I'd, I'd like Bruno's got that special connection, and he he does. Um, uh, he is able to generate that sympathy, but yeah. I think Hogan is more giving. Like you'll see, you'll see Hogan take I don't know a suplex, a backbreaker, a couple of stomps, and you know he'll probably even take like a camel clutch or a million dollar dream and you know you get the three arms and like you know you hogan is dying at certain points during those matches and then he has the superman comeback so right um anyway dusty Rhodes, like you can see why these guys were bunched here like these are guys who again are good at one or two of the different categories it's just a quirk that they all like hogan dusty and sting all fell side by side um 
I don't write like you didn't write Dusty, Chad. You put the poor man's Dusty at hundred and put <laughs> Dusty at eighty. Like you didn't have Dusty at all. No. No, Dusty is somebody I'm not that like. I've never really warmed to him as the in-ring uh, character, which sounds strange when I put him at eighty-one here. But um, he has was is very good at working uh, working crowd, obviously, and he does have a variety of very memorable matches, which was his high rating here. Um, so you you can remember like there's that match with the. Um, uh, with Ole Anderson against the assassins where he breaks his arm or there's the time where the horseman like um, they get him in the parking lot or there's the time where he has that match with a uh, Tully, you know, that um, is it a barbed wire match they have? Yeah. Um, sure. so, so like he's got quite like, or there's the time, like the infamous angle with the spike and the road warriors. So like he's involved in a lot of stuff like that, that again makes his kind of, Greatest Hits Package highlight reel, pretty memorable. Um, yeah, so that's the the Dusty, I guess. So I'm going to skip past that. Um, and Sting, for somebody we've given such a hard time to, I guess if you're on TV from 1988 until literally now, you're going to have enough stuff to be able to post some numbers, I reckon. So what, what's your thoughts on uh, Sting quickly, Chad? Um. Too, too inconsistent throughout the years. Um, again, that doesn't really affect your formula, but, yeah, I mean, has an outstanding match on Nitro with Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, shockingly great. Also has a lot of crap. <sighs> Didn't wrestle for a whole year, uh, so that hurts him. The TNA stuff, I, I mean, I, I really can't judge because I didn't watch. Um, stuff with flares disappointing to me. So, I mean, he has the Vader series. He has some other little performances that I like, like versus Regal and that uh, DDP match. But then other besides that, just not a lot there for me to kind of bite into. I, I do think it's uh, fair to say that Sting, uh, as a worker, kind of um, was happy to phone it in or not to give 100% or to just do enough a lot of the time in his career. I, th- I do think that's a legit criticism of Sting, which sounds strange of a guy that I've got at 80, but, you know, the, uh, the machine does not lie. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Chad, why don't you take us through your, your next 10? Okay, uh, number 90, Koji Kanemoto. Number 89, Pero Guayo Sr. Number 88, Daisuke Ikeda. Number 87, Mayumi Ozaki. Number 86, Dick Murdoch. Number 85, Alexander Ozuka. Number 84, Necro Butcher. Number 83, Virus. Uh, number 82, MS Uno. And number 81, Yoshiisa Yamamoto. Now, no, no, Chad, you know uh, you know when I said jokingly in uh, in the Facebook chat that my list is going to be a who's who of wrestling and yours is going to be a who? <laughs> Uh, that, that is what this 10 uh, will elicit in many of our listeners. I guarantee you that. Um, I'm pretty sure that I had Dick Murdoch higher than that. So he's the only one. Of the, okay. of the, so why, why don't you talk us through like who some of these people are? Uh, Dick, Dick Murdoch is the one that I was talking about that I actually don't really love. But uh, so, so Koji Kanemoto uh, came around right after the peak of Liger, later 90s. Uh, in the junior run, he has some pretty good flaws in him, um, but he also has some great performances, really good charisma, 
I and I liked his stuff like later on down when they did a zero one versus a uh, uh, New Japan feud in 2010. I think it was. He's great in that. So I kind of wafted back and forth, but I'm feeling pretty good about him at number ninety. Paraguayo is just a uh, a old Mexican bastard. That's I guess the best way to say it. He has the furry boots, the big sombrero. Huge kicks, uh, punches, willing to mix it up. He's just a great kind of brawling, sprawling, uh, portrays that Mexican bravado. Really, really enjoyed his work. Kind of does, I think, get limited by the footage stuff from Lucha in the 80s. But on the 80s Lucha stuff that I watched, I thought he was excellent. Um, Daisuke Ikeda is... Uh, one of the pillars of battle arts to me, another one's going to be coming up, but, um, just stiff kicks, really crisp, stiff strikes. Um, and, uh, really, I mean, he's known for the series with Ishikawa. Um, but, but I thought he was fantastic and is fantastic in the battle art stuff. If you watch the footage, I can easily see him as like the best worker in the promotions history. Uh, Mayumi Ozaka, a great Joshi worker, um, still works to this day, has just a ton of great littered matches throughout the nineties. Someone I think you could really do a deep dive on and gain a real good appreciation of Dick Murdoch. Like I said, I don't love him, but um, can't deny it. I think he's been in a lot of great matches. He has that kind of persona down again. Um, can work technically. Can work a brawl. Good versatility. So had a spot for him. Alexander Ozuka, also from Battle Arts, mainly an uh, excellent technician. I think one of the best pure wrestlers ever, Parv. Um, so just a great technician. Joy to watch. Somebody that... I wouldn't have considered for this list if I hadn't watched the yearbooks, and now he's kind of one of my like favorite guys. When I see a match of his pop up on a match list and I don't recall it offhand, I'm always excited to watch it. Uh, Necro Butcher, I think one of the greatest brawlers of all time. I think in the, in the 2000s indie boom, it was very easy to kind of see, oh, here comes another flippy generic guy coming out. Uh, Necro Butcher had an aura about him. He was somebody different. He could mix it up with the wrestling, but he could have some just absolutely hellacious brawls, and you really kind of genuinely believed in him. And he was one of the few people, I think, around that time to really have pure crowd investment. Uh, would you would you agree, Chad, that he is the best of the cookers? Do you remember when ECW closed and there was a ton of like imitation shows and like indie like indie like a whole indie scene built around death matches and barbed wire stuff and so on um like do, do you think that he is by far the best guy to come out of that sort of environment yeah i think of the pure your pure death match workers i'm thinking of somebody like madman pondo sick nick mondo zandig lobo wife beater uh even ian rotten who i do really like as a death match worker but of those type of guys, Corporal Robinson, I think uh, Butcher's pretty easily the best. Right. Okay. Uh, Virus, great as a mini, great technician now, 
joy to watch uh, when his long form matches make tape. And he's somebody that can have a just an absolutely outstanding match with everybody as the Guerrero Maya Jr. kind of matches uh, exemplify that. Because that Guerrero Maya Jr. is someone that I haven't seen him have really a great singles match with anybody else. He has two legit match of the year candidates in my eyes with Virus. MS Uno, another one that really shined on the... Um, on the on the lucha footage we watched, but also uh, kind of later on in the stuff, some of his later day stuff I've enjoyed too. Uh, but uh, I mean, the Sangre Chicano stuff sort of speaks for itself. He's really good in trios. I think he has good charisma. Uh, Yamamoto is someone that I think he is someone that can really get kind of lost in the shuffle. And I know you hate shoot style, but when I look at all the shoot style stuff that I've highly ranked. Uh, really from like 97 to 99 on, I guess the rings era, Yamamoto is popping up all over that list. He's in my match of the year for 1999. Uh, he's, he's featured in a a really great match that kind of opened my eyes to the style versus Kosaka from 1997. He's in, uh, let me He's in one of my top five matches from 1998. I think I had it number three. Uh, so he's he's just littered all around that list, and he's a he's a really great shoot style worker. So I included him there. Great, and is that is that the whole ten, Chad? Yeah, that is yeah. Uh, my 90 through 81. I can yeah. go through my 80 through 71 just, now. Just one thing I should have mentioned is that um, another style I wasn't able to get to or or rank properly was was Joshi. Um, and that was just a time thing as well. If I'd had, I reckon, if I'd had one more week, uh, Chad, I could have, I could have got some Joshi in, but uh, wasn't able to, sadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, you really don't have much thoughts about any of those guys. Uh, let me see. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, you'll have a few more thoughts on some of these guys coming up. Number eighty, Mocha Koda. Seventy-nine, Yoshinaru Ogawa. Uh, Seventy-eight, CM Punk. 77, Tsuyoshi Kosaka. Number 76, Mr. Saito. Number 75, Sami Zayn, El Generico. Uh, Number 74, Pat Patterson. 73, Emilio Charles Jr. 72, Yuki Ishikawa. And 71, Shinjiro Otani. Right. Now, I think, so, go through, Pat Patterson is higher, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Mocha Coda, I assume he is is, is high is higher. Yep, that's probably the only one. Who, who, who uh, Onita? Did you mention? Uh, Otani. Otani, no, no. Otani yeah. is not on my list. No. And who else is there? Uh, Ogawa. You wouldn't have no. gotten to much of him. No. No. Okay. I think you'll really like him when you get if you ever get to this stuff. But <laughs> why why didn't you take us through some of these guys? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so Agawa, we'll start with him. He's uh, he he is so great. I think in that late '90s Japanese all Japan and and then to Noah scene, it's just somebody different. Uh, really smart worker. Great change of pace, but can have legitimately great matches as the Kenta Kobashi Noah match proves. I really love him in that tag feud, Burning versus Masawa and Ogawa teaming up. Uh, His matches versus Masawa, I think, are a lot of fun, too. And just 
I, I think he's someone that was like the right person at the right time, actually. And then if you look at his early '90s stuff, um, he he he's fine in those six mans. He's not an embarrassment. I think he got a lot of grief at the time when he became like GHC champion, just because it was so wildly different from the King's Road style. But in retrospect, it it looks really good. CM Punk. Uh, oh, hold on. He is higher on my list. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, he is. He is higher on my list. Wow. Shocking okay. to me. Okay, Kosaka is then um, the number two kind of ring shoot style worker. I have him just above Yamato. You can take most of the Yamato stuff at it for Kosaka, but he had that great Tamura match in 1998 that I gave five stars to. Uh, he has some good stuff at U style in 2004, so that's why I had him just slightly above Yamamoto. Uh, Mr. Saito, I guess we'll talk about him now, but he's someone with the with the variety. I think uh, really good in the AWA has that great tag that ranked highly. Uh, I like his stuff. Uh, drug out a great match versus Inoki has that Larry Zabisco match in 1990. He, he's someone that always seems to excel when I watch him, so that's why I ranked him. El yeah. Generico. Uh, I, I, I just want to briefly mention that. He's also someone who's come out of the tag run with Fuji. Like, on, honest, like it sounds really weird to say that him and Mr. Fuji were a great tag team, but, right. but honestly, that tag scene in WF is so appalling. And <laughs> when those guys show up, like they're literally having like, seriously three and a half four star matches with the strongbows you know it's it's ridiculous how good those two guys are so uh and sato is the worker you know fuji's all all shtick and uh yeah i, I love mr sato he's one of the guys like i'm glad he made it onto my list as well and i'm actually surprised he's so high on yours yeah he's i, I guess looking at my list he's someone where i could justify him being from 76 to like 120 honestly yeah. but uh that's where he fell el generico i think he's someone that has been now consistently really really good for a long time on the indie scene uh kind of your signature baby face now of the era uh really good at generating heat always tries a ton um somebody that i i enjoy quite quite a lot uh emilio charles jr great dick rudo uh, in japan i love his series with el dandy um has just a lot of stuff when he's in the trios in the early 90s from emll that he kind of exemplifies and excels in and shows off his stuff uh so I, I i think you would like him if you ever dug into the late kind of 80s early 90s lucha par yuki ishikawa i think is the best battle arts worker uh, from that promotion he's the other guy so uh, just a great shoot style worker overall and had some amazing stuff in 2008 when battle arts kind of got revitalized versus carl greco um that match is june 1st uh, 2008 uh shinjiro otani kind of take everything i talked about with kanemoto at 90 and kind of push it up a couple of notches because his match with Liger in 97 I thought was amazing. I liked a good bit of his heavyweight stuff in Zero One that I've seen, and I actually think that would be something to really kind of deep dive into and see because from 97 to 2000, he was just a fantastic junior worker, really felt poised to kind of carry that mantle 
uh, once Liger was quote unquote winding down from his peak, and for one reason or the other, they just never fully got behind him. I I really enjoyed the stuff I've seen of his from the, the sampling of um, kind of New Japan Junior stuff that I right uh, I did not extensive, but uh, I enough to like it wasn't enough for me to rank him, but uh, he's a guy I'd, I'd be interested to watch more of. Still looking for his jacket though, Chad. um so was that it was that yeah that's uh that gets me up to number 70 all right so my my 80 through to 71 um and uh those of you who don't follow stuff like battle arts are going to be just waiting for for these guys so sting uh mr perfect kurt hennig was at 79 uh 78 jerry blackwell 77 adrian adonis 76 was Giant Barber, 75 Roddy Piper, 74 Bob Orton Jr., 73 Andre the Giant, 72 ugh, Antonio Inoki, one of the worst workers ever, and 71 Michael Hayes. So what a bunch of guys there. Did any of them make your list, Chad? Uh, let me get off of mute as I was looking. <laughs> uh, yeah, Baba's higher for sure. Um, Kurt Henning was actually my number 102. Wow. So, yeah. So Blackwell didn't make your list? No. Andre, uh, Andre didn't make your list. Andre, someone that I... Uh, well, well, I guess you can go... Oh, right. All right, let, let me just hit these guys. So we talked about Sting already. Um, now, Kurt Henning, um, I, I think I like him more... Like, more i think i'm still kind of have more fondness for the mr perfect character than a lot of people on the board like i see him criticized for his ridiculous selling but you know me chad i love huge performances yeah so it's like that's the best thing he does um the worst thing about him is is he's just got no offense at all when he's mr perfect like he like i really hate his moveset (laughs) um because he, what does he do? Like the flying mare and things like that. Yeah, it's just flying like, mare and then the perfect play. It's just like literally, literally the lightest feather offense ever. But right. um, in the AWA, he did. You know, he worked more. Like he had a bigger a variety of things that he do on offense, and he had better matches. You know, the most famous one is against Bockwinkle. But really, he has some good stuff as a babyface. I wasn't as high on it as some other people were. Uh, but I really loved him as Cool Kurt when he was the champion. I just thought that little stretch there, really solid, good matches. He has a good match with Stan Hansen. Um, and, you know, the, the, the stuff in the WF, like there's the match with uh, Bret Hart, you know, overrated, but still it's a good match, you know. Um, so, yeah. And given that you had him at 102, I guess you're not that down on Kurt, Chad. No, no I, I think he's very good. It's just... I, I do think he's pretty limited where it's like, for me, it's 86 and 87 uh, for Kurt as peak. And then 90, I like a lot of his 93 stuff. So As, as the baby face. Right. I, I maintain that Lex Luger narcissist uh, feud is underrated. I say, <laughs> I, I say it all the time and everybody's like, what, what are you on about? <laughs> um, 78, Jerry Blackwell. A uh, little a bit surprised he's not on your list, Chad. Uh you know, he's one of these very, very good for a big man type workers. But, like, he has a lot of memorable performances on that AWA set. Great at bouncing off cages. Uh, did, you, did, did you not fancy him? 
I'm, I, th- I think I've said before on uh, the show that, to me, I mean, I enjoyed the AWA set, but it's been the worst of the 80 sets that I've went through. Right. And as time has went on, I mean, it's been, what, three or four years since we watched that stuff now. And I honestly can't remember that much of it. And I think that's kind of telling because I watched the All Japan set before the AWA set, and I can remember a lot more of the All Japan stuff yeah. uh, than the AWA stuff. So Blackwell, to me, uh, and honestly, I think Blackwell was a little bit of a, a victim of hype in my eyes before that set. So that, no, I, I wonder anybody we know who might hype a guy like Jerry Blackwell. Right, right. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, you know, that's that that's just a personal thing. If I'd have came in cold on the committee of that set, then I can see how he'd be very impressive, and you'd be kind of carrying the torch for him. But as someone that was knowing that the set was coming and hearing about this guy when I watched him, I was like, I mean, yeah, he's good, but. I, I don't know. I did. I did think he's not top one hundred good in my eyes. <laughs> um, Adrian Adonis to me is like a absolute super worker. He can do absolutely anything. And if this was just like a list of pure workers, I'd have Adrian Adonis like easily top fifty. Um, I, yeah, I guess. I feel, I feel you're really high on Adonis. Like, oh, it's but like his his offense is so like honestly the stuff against Backland and. He can, like, he's a huge bumper. Like, he does that over-the-turnbuckle bump that you all know about. But, yeah. like, he's a huge bumper. But also, he can turn it on when it comes to the offense as well. So, like, I don't know. Just it, He really stands out to me as one of the best guys to pass through the WF. And he has, like, his, like he has good stuff in Portland uh, against Buddy Rose as a babyface. He has good stuff in, um, even against, like, Piper and, like, when he comes... With the adorable gimmick, he's got good stuff in AWA. So, I, I don't know. I think Adonis is really good. I think if we had more of him on tape, he'd be higher up my list. Um, Giant Barber, you said you've got higher. Yes. Roddy Piper's an interesting one. A guy I don't really have any great love for, but he's going he's gonna to kill that intangibles rating. And, you know, he had a lot of his career on TV, and he has a lot of pretty memorable moments and matches and things so his variety rating isn't bad either at six so that and he's like not like he's you know he scores in the other ones so guys like that who actually have points in every single category um sneak on the list in this way and uh i mean roddy piper would be on some people's lists like a like a like a top 20 i guess if you're a real wwe uh, you know U.S. centric fan, I guess you might or think of somebody that's really ranking um, like Mike Work Charisma. Yeah, but I mean, he's got the the Greg Valentine match. He's got the Brett match. He's, he's got... got certainly great matches, but yeah, I, I I mean Piper to me. I mean, he's got the the Valentine Starcade match. Um, I mean, the matches with Orndorff, I think, are really fun. Uh, that one that was on Titans Theater. Yeah, uh, some good stuff with Hogan, but as far as the great matches I've seen, Buddy Rose match I have seen, the great Roddy Piper matches I've seen is probably what maybe fifteen or below, maybe less than ten. I want to be kind of generous right. in case I'm blanking on a lot of stuff. The Rick Rude, so that 
is good, but when you're thinking about someone that we do have a ton of him on tape from 1984 to when he stopped and then a good bit before with his Portland stuff, that's, yeah. I don't know. He it, struggles for me in the negatives that way. Um, and then it's funny how, like, I honestly did not design it to be like this, but the very next guy was uh, Bob Orton Jr. Look at Piper and Orton Jr. right next to each other. Um, Bob Orton Jr., almost everything I said with Adonis... And then some, I would say. I just think he's such a great worker. Um, and, you know, I like my big offensive wrestlers, Chad. Like, the, the dude, could, like, he, every match of Bob Orton Jr. as you watch, he makes up a new variety of suplex, I swear. Like, he, he just comes up with stuff that you don't see people do. In an era where you don't have the kind of high spot kind of indie style that you do now. Like, he basically was throwing around different suplex variations for fun when like literally Baron Sakuna was on the same card. You know what I mean? It's just right. like, um, so there's that. And he's got sound fundamentals and psychology and, you know, he was on TV for a good portion of his career as well. So we have a lot of like, he's a really good, um, mid eighties, like WF house show worker. Like he's got like a really good match with Steamboat that I think you'd like a good bit. Chad, for example, um andre now do you want to say about anything about andre i know like some people uh matt d most famously i guess would have him in their their top 10 um i i think does he really has he pronounced that i think he said that andre's is like in his top 10 yeah no i don't that may have been a troll post <laughs> no honestly i think i like well i mean i think it'll rank but i don't <laughs> who, who knows maybe i i mean andre to me is someone that I mean, I, I really think Andre's the person that's been proven by the Titans footage because all I heard for the last few years is, well, if we only had more of Andre in his physical peak, you know, you could see what a great worker he was. Well, I don't know quite what his physical peak was, but we've got a lot, I'd say a, a good sampling of 70s and early 80s Andre, and he's pretty freaking horrible yeah well i mean i mean and this is basically an argument that i have made but you see the, th the thing is is that he is he's good in japan really good in japan yeah. he's he's good in like random detroit footage that we've got he's right. he's good in houston in fact he's good everywhere else apart from new york well, i mean <laughs> uh, maybe but i mean that that lucha match he was in i thought was just complete comedy yeah. you know chicken shit yeah, yeah your comedy stuff so i wasn't crazy about that. i mean i just think andre is someone that more than anybody else uh you know we'll talk about your next guy coming up but he's right in that bucket too that you talk about people you know i didn't rake muda for the same reason you talk about somebody that's yeah. willing to take the night I, off I, andre. I, I do think that if you're a guy who cares about consistency andre shouldn't even be in your top 250 i, yeah. I, I would say that um um, I mean, he didn't. He yeah. didn't. He did make my top 180, but I don't think Andre would make my top 150 if we stretched. Now, now, that. now, given that Matt has been such a vocal defender of late, Andre, do you want to speak to any of the kind of you know he was a really really smart worker when he was very limited? I, to me, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. That that's just such a debate. That's again, that's me looking at different for different matches i'm not 
I didn't rank my list, I guess, based on how smart some of the workers are. If so, somebody like Otani wouldn't make my list because Otani makes a lot of the same mistakes in his big matches over and over again. But I think Andre had the advantage to be a quote-unquote smart worker because he was the eighth wonder of the world. He's a huge guy, so he can do more with less. And, and, you know, maybe that's smart that he did that, but that's something not something I judge highly in a boat like this for me. I will say that if any of our listeners have not watched him in the early 80s New Japan, regardless of what your feelings are on Andre, watch him in those matches because he works differently because he's closer to his physical peak and he is such a nasty, grumpy heel in that environment. So. Yeah. That's probably his career best stuff, I'd say. I agree. Uh, and then, speaking of New Japan, we've got Anoki here, a guy who honestly bores me the shit out of me. Uh, like he's, <laughs> I can't believe he made uh, 72 I, bar. I can't really believe it. I mean, if anything was going to prove that Big Lav is a bunch of shit, it is this Anoki coming up <laughs> at 72. But, but, Chad, he was one of the most important workers in the world from 1969 yeah. until the literally the 1990s. So when you have when you're in main events or in one of the great promotions of the world for that long, you're going to produce a variety of matches and a number of great matches. I mean, he's got um, your mileage may vary, but he's got a pretty classic match with Dory Funk Jr. in 1969. He's got matches. Uh, I, I don't know. He's got matches with Vader. He's got matches with Stan Hansen. He's he's part of that gauntlet. The worst bit of the gauntlet, but still, I mean, you know. Well, the match with Saito, I like. I don't think you've seen that, but from uh, 8888, I, I think that's a really it, good. Is one. that the one where they're on the island for two days? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I like it. Like, and he's, of course, famously had the match with Muhammad Ali. Um, he has matches with Bob Backlund that some people really like. They, uh, they, his match from Tenru from the 1994 Dome isn't that bad. <sighs> let's move on from Anoki. I it's just like I, I was honestly considering overhauling the like when he cropped up at 72 there I was considering overhauling the whole system because something's gone wrong but what can I do I mean I'm not punishing maybe I should like in retrospect maybe I should have had a consistency rating and low bald guys like Anoki to make sure they don't rate it like don't get in but like what, what can I say I mean he he had a great like his career highlights package is as good as anybody's probably better than most of the guys we've mentioned so far so yeah before we get the letters i i looked it up 8888 is this really good match with fujinami not saito so right and then uh michael hayes 71 uh another intangibles candidate i guess um but somebody who's uh, was severely underrated by bill watts and the mounters of this world um and who really, over the course of, what, 10 years, has a lot of memorable stuff, if you think about it, Michael Hayes. Like, through the Freebird, like, basically, all his Freebird, all the different Freebirds runs in all the different territories. Like, not great, great matches, but memorable ones. You know, good, solid matches. Um, you'll be watching the Texas stuff, Chad. How does Michael Hayes come out of that? Um, I uh, didn't rank any of the th- Freebirds. Wow, uh, none of I'm, them. Yeah, I'm guessing. <laughs> not, you'll not, have... not even Jimmy Jam. 
No. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing you may have one more coming up. Um, and he was one of my last cuts, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I gotta say going through that Texas stuff, it's memorable, but that's just a promotion that's so baby face heavy that it just feels like, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, Hayes is getting great heat, but he's getting his ass kicked every time. So I don't know if it's the booking or what, and he's not the type of worker to really like pinball around that well. So I, I, I mean, I certainly don't think he's awful, uh, good hand, but uh, it, did, it didn't make me want to vote for him. No, I don't want to heat it with anyone, Chad, but I'm going to just say this. I'm going to put this out there. Do you think that Michael Hayes is a beneficiary of the kind of Will Phil Schneider fetishization of the punch? Because <laughs> he does have a sweet right hook. He does have a really good punch. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I think he certainly is someone that has benefited from, we heard for years this guy was just awful, and he's not awful. Right. Yeah. So now whether that gets overrated in the grand scheme of things, is, I, I, I would actually be surprised if Hayes makes the overall top 100. I, I would we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, he's there basically on the strength of a high intangibles rating and, right. a, and a high variety rating with decent little numbers in the others, you know. Um, so that, that's what – so shall I go through my next 10? I think that's – Sure. Uh, we'll get we'll get to number sixty uh, one here. Um, so number seventy, Titans fans. It's Bob Backlund. Number sixty nine, Johnny Saint. Uh, number sixty eight is Masafuchi. Number sixty seven, Owen Hart. Sixty six is Dick Murdoch, who we've talked about. Sixty five, Tito Santana. Sixty four, one of my absolute favorites, uh, Yoshiaki Yatsu. Number sixty three, another one of my absolute favorites, Pat Patterson. 62 is Bill Dundee, and 61, somebody we've talked about, and a hero of the early Big Boy, uh, where the Big Boy play shows, Tully Blanchard. So, who of those 10 do you have higher, Chad? Uh, Tully, I have higher. Dundee, I have higher. Um, let me go through the list. Tito Santana... Um, I actually have lower, but I haven't talked about him yet. I had him at number 69, so he's in my next 10. Um, and that is it. Okay. So, I mean, real quick, uh, if you want to hear me talk about Bob Backlund for about 52 hours, there is a, uh, a, there is a show on the feed called (laughs) Titans of Wrestling where I, we, you get a very, very thorough evaluation of the strengths and weaknesses of this man. I, can't, I cannot believe this is Parr's list. we got a Noki and Backwood. <laughs> um, back but, and back here. But, okay, and this is one of the things that I try to maintain. Like, Bob Backlund, for six years, faced some of the best workers in the world, week in, week out, who came to MSG to challenge him. And he had really good matches with, like, like I don't know, Bob Orton Jr., Adrian Adonis, uh, you, you name it, he had a match with them. Anoki. I mean, he's actually had a match with most of these people that I've even mentioned so far. Hogan, he had a match with. Uh, Patera. Like, so many, like, Koloff. Um, so, you know, he, like, he had, he's one of those guys who's a beneficiary of right place, right time. Um, 
And, you know, what can you do? It was him. It wasn't another dude, was it? It was Bob Backlund, who has a list as long as your arm of really good matches. So uh, that's going to get him a place. He, I, he didn't make your list, Chad. You don't, you don't like No. He uh, made my short list, but didn't make my list. Um, I, I, about eight years ago, I watched a good bit of Bob Backlund and really enjoyed him. And then with the Titan stuff, I've been following it uh, pretty diligently and watching his stuff. And the second time around has not been as enjoyable. I've seen a lot of the, I guess, flaws that you are bringing to the surface have kind of been creeping in. Yes, I do routinely win those arguments with the other boys. That's true. (laughs) But uh, even like, I guess this is me saying, you know, despite my prejudices, I still recognize greatness in what Backlund did during his career. Right. Um, of course, I guess more, I don't like WE fan, WWF fans would think about the, the later run, the, the, the Mr. Backlund stuff. Um, do, does that add anything to his case really, Chad? Do you think? Um, a little bit. I mean, I think it's a good kind of capper. The 94 stuff is it, pretty it, enjoyable. I mean, from a, from a kind of complete overall point of view, it shows he could cut promo because God, his promo suck in the 70s. Yeah. And 80s. yeah. And for somebody that, I mean, there's not much evidence of somebody like that, that I can think of where somebody disappears and then, I mean, we talked about how awful Patera was when he came. I mean, he was. I mean, he was bad when he came back from his jail sentence. I don't think he was good then. No, no. Um, and I don't think most of the guys will talk about either. They've been kind of consistently good over a long period of time, and they have that great peak. I can't think of anybody else that really sort of takes a sabbatical and then just pops back up and is really good like Backlund was. Well, it's I, very odd. It's going to sound weird, but Paul Orndorff's the closest I could think about. Yeah, yeah, like with his 93 stuff, yeah. Yeah, like when he comes back with the with the arm and stuff. Anyway, um, Johnny Saint is a world of sport worker, um, famous name here in Britain. Um, you know, great baby face. Uh, has some like slightly annoying tendencies, I think, like cutesy kind of comedy stuff. Right. He's, like, he's like a bit of a cheeky ch- chappy, I guess, but he's in some of the best World of Sport matches I've seen against Jim Brakes and against other people. Um, Johnny Saint, very good. Uh, Masafuchi, did we talk about him yet? Uh, a little bit, but not much, so we can go ahead and you know, just touch on him briefly here. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's one of those guys who, who, who floats around the, the, the mid-card of all Japan for many, many years. Um, but, uh, you know, he's got, like, through all of that, great variety of memorable matches. Uh, he's involved in some pretty great matches, I think instinctively of the six-mans in 1991-92 sort of time with Jumbo. Um and uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's just a, he's a very good worker. He can do a lot of different things. He's good on the mat. He's got he can sell. He's got some good offense. You know, uh, anything else to say about him, Chad? Yeah, to me, he's just like the ultimate henchman. Like he's a great henchman type villain. Like your number two top lieutenant. I, I, I've often called him like a Japanese Arn Anderson, something like that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Owen Hart, somebody who didn't really get a lot of talk during the during the uh, process, but then did like right in the past couple of weeks. Um, I actually took some time out watching like Owen Hart's greatest hits a uh, couple of nights, and yeah, I mean he's he's good. I think he's an underrated offensive worker. He could sell. He and really in WWF 
during that time frame, apart from Brett. Who else was there? I mean, Sean, I guess. But right. Uh, now you you watched the nineties pretty closely. Did you didn't think Owen Hart warranted a rating? Good worker. I just don't think there's that much TV stuff. Uh, not enough standout TV stuff really to bring it in. And the pay per views. I mean, whatever you think of his tag team with somebody like Yokozuna I mean they were facing the smoking guns or whoever and having a two star two and a half star match which is uh, I mean yeah that's Owen making the best of what he was dealt so I I can see how that would rate highly for other people but for someone like me it just doesn't that much right okay Um, and I will say he is really good uh, doing that heel run against Brett oh yeah excellent um, Dick Murdoch, I think we've talked about, covered quite a lot. I sure. also don't have a strong connection to him, Chad. Um, but like, I mean, I've been watching the Mid South stuff, uh, the stuff with Te- I, like, I honestly think that the love for Dick Murdoch comes from his Mid South run more than anything else, and all the other stuff is like, I don't know, I I just I, I like him more in that setting than working the technical matches in Japan, which are pretty dry, I think. So, um, but he has, you know. Good worker. Tito Santana, uh, we might as well talk about him now. Um, yeah. One of the one of the kind of great undercard uh, baby faces in WWF history. Uh, great fire, as everybody talks about. I mean, we interviewed him on the Titans, didn't we? Um, anything to add on Tito Santana? I think that Greg's, yeah. the Greg series has been talked about quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think just kind of the quintessential... 1980s WWF worker along with uh, your steamboats and um, worked worked that great series with Greg and he really anchored a lot of cards and somebody that I did not like at all as a kid because I listened to Jesse Ventura and uh, (laughs) somebody that I liked a lot going back and watching the footage of him. Um, Number 64 was Yatsu. Um, I mean, he didn't make your list, Chad, Yatsu. Break my heart. (laughs) You want to know what number he was? What number was he? To be more broken. 101. Oh. (laughs) Oh, I mean, Yatsu is just amazing. The best guy ever. Um, Like, honestly, like I talk about great offense, but God, Yatsu's just, I honestly think he might be the best offensive wrestler ever. I can't think of anyone who's better. Like, and I'm talking, I'm including in that, like your Vaders and your Brock Lesnar's and so on. I just think he's, well, and your Stein, like he's just, he drops people on their head for for fun, uh, Yatsu. And he's just part of some of the best matches, you know, those tag matches in all Japan. Like, like the, um, I've, I've, and I came off, uh, I'm actually super high on Yatsu because I've just watched the, um, uh, the Troshu's army feud in New Japan. Right. And he is just so good doing all of that. In the Gauntlet match, I thought he was the MVP. Now, did, did you watch that recently, Chad? The, the yeah, I watched it two nights ago after I knew you uh, gave the big uh, rating on it. It had been a while since I'd watched it. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the best matches of all time. I know you think it may be contending where you're number one. It's, it's probably in my top ten. And uh, what do you think of Yatsu in it specifically? Oh, Yatsu. I think, um, let's see, Yatsu and Fujinami. They're the two standing. Probably my top two for yeah. that match, with Fujiwara probably number three. So I'd agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Yatsu just like, and, and I guess you'd say like he's a total par worker. 
I guess you'd like he's yeah, so, the sort of guy that you know I would love, you know. So well, one weird thing with Yatsu is like his North American, US and Canada stuff, it's like he was <laughs> he was bad in world class. I mean, yeah, he was doing the stereotypical gimmick, but and I, I, I mean, you know, like I had to kind of keep apologizing for Yatsu in the chat with the guys that I'm doing that <laughs> stuff with because they were just railing on him like, God, Yatsu again, this guy sucks. And I'm like, no, he's, he's actually amazing. I don't know why he sucks here. Yeah, uh, he's not much better in the in the WWF. No, either. that at another place. This is just very weird. I don't know, but yeah. Um, Pat Patterson, I guess, was one of the guys we really marked on during 1979's Titans. But like, again, a huge performer. Uh you know, one of the greats. We don't have a lot of his like prime on, uh, you know, on tape. If we did, I reckon Pat Patterson would be knocking on the everybody's top ten. Like, I think he's that good. Um, there's, I, I think he could certainly be up where like we'll both have Bachwinkle. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I and I think um, he ha- he does have some stuff from like the early seventies and things that are on eight millimeter silent footage and stuff. Uh, like uh, I actually uploaded one match where I did my own commentary once. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, um, but like he looks just as good, you know, even better there because I guess he could go even more. Um, but he's really rated here because of his stuff with Slaughter and because of his stuff with, uh, um, uh, you know, like his late career stuff uh, and that '79 run. So. Yeah, um, and then number 62, I've got Bill Dundee. Uh, so, yeah, go go ahead and discuss him. I have him at number 60. So. Right, so, I mean, Bill, Bill Dundee, um, I, like, really a very, very good worker. He impresses me every single time I see him. I've been watching the Memphis stuff recently, and he's got, like, one of the best punches ever, I would, I'd, I'd say. He's great, at, he's great at all aspects of the performance, really. Uh, tremendous heel when he has to heal it up, like... In the stuff with Lawler, you know, that, like, I didn't give any of those matches five stars, but God, Bill Dundee is good in those matches. Like, he's the guy who stood out to me more than Lawler in that stuff, honestly. Um, and um, in the times when he's cropped up on this show, Chad, I think I've, like, didn't he win a couple of the early MVPs? Uh, yeah, I think you gave him MVP for, like, the 86 Star Arcade or some ridiculousness. Some, some, some random show like that, yes. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, why didn't you talk about Dundee? Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I co-signed what you said. I, I thought, I think he was someone that, you know, Lawler, who is someone that I'll have higher. I'm sure you have him higher too. Uh, yeah. Um, and he, he is the pillar, the face of the Memphis, but I really think he needed that number two. And I think Dundee was an admirable choice and has just great matches all around. And, uh, throughout the 80s so that's that's why i put him there i think he's the second best memphis worker of all time so well, why don't we do your next 10 and then maybe we'll have a quick break chat okay so my uh next 10 this will be starting at number 70 is aj styles 69 tito santana 68 no naoki sano 67 lafiera 66 fit finley 65, Mariko Yoshida, 64, Dick Togo, 63, Manami Toyota, 62, The Destroyer, 
61, Rugged Ronnie Garvin, and then uh, <laughs> number 60 was Bill Dundee. Okay. Um, and of them, uh, shockingly, I don't have Garvin at all. <laughs> um, who, who else was there, Chad? Uh, Styles. I don't think you St- ranked no, him, right? St- no, Styles is higher. Oh, okay. You did have Styles higher. Surprising. Um, who, who else was there? Uh, Fit Finley no, probably no. didn't rank. Yeah. No. No. Uh, nobody else I can see would be. <laughs> okay, well, why didn't you take it away on these guys? Um, so I'll start with Sano then, since you have AJ higher. Uh, another shoot-style worker, but someone that I think brings a lot of charisma. I actually think he's someone that you probably might like if you watch some of his stuff. I've seen, uh, I've, I'm sure I have seen a few uh, Sano matches. Well, yeah, I mean, he has the stuff of Liger, and then yeah, he, yeah, he's someone yeah. that kind of keeps cropping up all over the place because he has the Liger stuff, he has a lot of great stuff in UWFI, um, so a really good series with Tamura. Um, so I, I think he's someone that, again, has been really enhanced by me watching the 90s footage. La Fiera, really liked him on the uh, 80s Lucha stuff. The 93 stuff that he has is amazing. Uh, just a, a great series, uh, really kind of under the radar Luchador. Uh, to me, not quite as flashy as other people, but uh, just really great all around, can work as Rudo or a Technico. Uh, fit Finley, stiff, intense, um, love his feud with Regal, mm-hmm. love when he came back in 2006, WWE, love stuff with sammy callahan on the indie scene uh just great intense gory matches that i can really kind of sink my teeth in i, I have to so, ask you though that leprechaun under the ring do you, are you a fan of that well i mean the hornswoggle stuff is uh come on that could be grating but i'm not ranking him based on that i mean when when hornswoggle would stay away he'd have amazing matches so he, he is really. I I do like him. Uh, I didn't watch enough, I don't think, to rate him. But I, I've seen um, I've seen more Finley than you might imagine, actually. So right. yeah. Uh, Yoshida, one of the best kind of technical workers, I think, in Japan, Japanese wrestling history. Uh, really, she created Arjun and kind of revitalized a dying Joshi scene for a little while. In the 1999-2000 stuff, one of the best workers in 1999. And someone that I kind of would just, again, like to watch her entire career and think she would excel in that uh, type of rewatch. Dick Togo, uh, really good in the Michinoku Pro stuff. Hung around and had great performances. Did an indie run where he was still having great performances. Another guy that has great matches with random people like... uh, a uh, guy like Antonio Honda, I think from 2011, just a guy that can kind of just pop up up to his retirement match and have a really good match. Manami Toyota is the other person that I was talking about that I don't really love. Uh, definitely worked a different style. She's kind of like my dynamite kid. And uh, Charles did a post today, and I agree. If you watch the yearbooks in succession, and you see just kind of the glut of stuff. You do see that Toyota is working at just a different style. Somebody that just drove herself to go 100 miles an hour all the time throughout 
on every match, never slowed down. And yeah, that created some blown spots. Yeah, that created a lot of kind of iffy selling psychology, whatever. But it is something that at the end is kind of admirable about her. I, I think she's I think she's a real adrenaline rush in the matches that I've in the yeah. Well, I mean, in in the in the top top matches, she's great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, like breathtaking good. You know, right. Right. Yeah. When when it clicks, it can really click with her. But when it's bad, Barb, it can be really bad with her, mm-hmm. too. I can imagine. Um, yeah. Um, and then the Destroyer, I guess we'll discuss him here. I, I just think he's a great kind of throwback character. Worked wonderfully in Japan. Favorite Inoki match I've ever seen. Uh, I, I, I really just like the Destroyer. Think he's aces. Ron Garvin. Don't know why he's not on your list, but he should be. Has the... Brilliant flair stuff, stalwart of the 1980s Crockett, great stuff versus Poli. Uh, everything he did was just really good, and even has the Valentine feud in the WWF, so he, that's he, why he's there. He, he was the he biggest was, victim, Chad, of the uh, of the big lab system. Right. Because he, does, he doesn't have great intangibles. He doesn't have a huge variety of matches. Uh, doesn't have a particularly long peak, so you can see why he wouldn't have enough points to make it you know yeah yeah um but yeah i was trying i was trying to make all sorts of moves to try to save him but like i had like another 30 guys to go and he wasn't making it then so like he had no he had no chance basically so casualty of the system so uh that is my 70 through 61 Well, well let's take a quick break and when we return we will blow through more of this list Promotional consideration paid for by the following. What's up, everybody? This is Kevin Kelly. Make sure you check out every episode of The Kevin Kelly Show right here on the Place to Be Nation. Placetobenation.com, The Kevin Kelly Show. Every episode is a winner. At least we hope. Place to Be Nation's Justin Rosero here. In addition to The Kevin Kelly Show, we have a ton of great podcasts available to you on iTunes at placetobenation.com. You can check out Scott Criscolo and me on The Mothership, The Place to Be Podcast, with our famous Vintage Vault pay-per-view reviews. PTBN also covers current day wrestling with main event, Mission Indie Possible, and our monthly pay-per-view reaction shows with immediate feedback on WWE, NXT, and Ring of Honor Super Shows. And we live wrestling's past with our monthly pay-per-view rewind series, led by Ben Morse, and the Dangerous Alliance Wrestling Podcast as we dive into various subjects in the form of exercises and games. we got sports covered, too, with the Sports Evolution Mega Show with Scott, Dr. G, Cowboy, and Cowboy Sr., the Kings of Sport, led by Live Audio Wrestling's godfather, Nate Milton, as well as the NBA Team Podcast and the TJ McLoon Show. PTBN tackles pop culture and irreverence with Richard and the Mailman, the Glenn Butler Podcast Hour Spectacular, and if you like a hybrid of all of this in list form, check out Jordan Duncan's Rank and File. All of these shows are available on PlaceTobeNation.com, where we cover pro wrestling, sports, movies, comics, plus tournaments, and more. We want to thank our friends at Bonehead's Wing Bar in West Warwick, Rhode Island, and Fall River, Massachusetts, and Scott Keats' Blog of Doom. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr as well. PlaceTobeNation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. This is Parv, and I'm here to tell you to listen and subscribe to the pro wrestling only Place to Be Nation podcast network. That's the PWO PTBN podcast network, where you'll find a ton of in depth shows done by hardcore fans. We've got Chris Zellner's One Two Punch of Exile on Bad Street, and with David Bickenspan, a smash hit between the sheets. We've got Wrestling Culture with Dylan Hales and Dave Musgrave. 
Goodwill Wrestling and the reaction shows with Good Old Will from Texas. We got This Week in Wrestling with my man Pete and Johnny Sorrow. Stephen Graham and Tim Livingston's Pro Wrestling Super Show. Tag Team's back again with Kelly and Marty Slees. And a ton of other great shows too. And of course, there's Titans of Wrestling and Where the Big Boys Play with yours truly and some dude from down south called Chad. PWO, PTBN, Podcast Network. And uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, you can hear all those great shows here on the feed. Um, and we're going to continue with the list. So where were we, Chad? Number 60, I believe. Yeah, my number 60 is uh, built. And now this 10, I'll just say part of it. I think you'll have a lot of guys either higher or maybe in this same bucket. Number uh, 60. Ready? Yeah, let's go. Okay. 60, uh, Bill Dundee. 59, Dustin Rhodes. 58, Sergeant Slaughter. 57, Pirata Morgan. 56, Barry Wyndham. 55, Ted DiBiase. Oh. Uh, 54, Harley Race. 53, Blue Panther. 52, Hiroshi Hase. 51, Greg the Hammer Valentine. So basically, apart from your Lucha guys, I've got them all higher. Every single one of them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How dare you, sir? I'm totally joking. Okay. So who are the ones that, like, who are the Lucha guys again? Uh, Blue Panther and Pirata Morgan. Yeah. I, I, I think two kind of great. Uh, one of Pirata's more of a brawler, probably one of the two or three best brawlers in Lucha history. Blue Panther is one of the two or three three best technicians in my opinion in lucha history so that's where they're kind of coupled on uh, pirata i think has really good charisma blue panther not as much um longevity blue panther is still you know 2012 had my match of the year so he he's strong on longevity uh pirata he's good with longevity too so both of those guys are just kind of two of in my opinion the 10 best luchadors of all time that's where they slot okay um and i I, i've actually watched matches of both of those guys believe it or not um but you know i I won't get into my feelings on lucha here (laughs) (laughs) so number 60 i've got steve gray Steve who, some people say. Well, he's a world of sport guy. Um, I'm guessing you don't have him, Chad. Uh, 59, Brock Lesnar. 58, Mil Mascaris. 57, Steve Austin. 56, um, Chris Jericho, which feels kind of embarrassing looking at it now, but what can I do? 55, uh, Larry Zabisco. 54, Loki. <laughs> uh, 53, uh, Dory Funk Jr. 52... <laughs> Greg Valentine and 51 was Chris Benoit. So where where did you have Greg Valentine? Uh, 51. So I I didn't have Valentine. You had Valentine one higher than I did. Right, right. So that's interesting, isn't it? Okay. Um, So Steve Craig, just very quickly, is probably the best babyface on the world of uh, sport footage that we have. Um, I know uh, Atani's jacket, one of the big contributors to the board there, and probably the expert, uh, I'd say, easily on the on the world of sports stuff. Like, he talks about him as one of the all-time great babyfaces. Um, and I do actually see what he's, he's talking about. Um, for me, he is tremendous at selling, uh, Steve Gray. And, um, like, honestly, I, I, I feel that world of sport is easier to get into the heels than, than the babyfaces a lot of the time. 
because a lot of them have that basic kind of like Johnny Saint character, uh, you know, like the, I don't know, the, the cheeky chappy type thing. S- Steve Gray is a, li- a little bit more kind of po-faced, a little bit more serious, I guess. And he has really good fire. Um, like when things get heated, uh, things can get pretty grisly in some of the Steve Gray matches. I mean, you mentioned uh, uh, Fit Finley there. Like imagine that kind of grittiness um, and you get it sometimes with the Steve Gray Brock Lesnar, you had uh, a lot lower on your list, Chad, but uh, he's a man of the moment. So why don't you uh, why don't you talk about him a little bit? Uh, just somebody that I think has amazing charisma. Every time he wrestles, it still feels like a must-see event, although that is dwindling. Um, but someone that, you know, 2002 had great matches like that Hell to Cell with The Undertaker. 2003, I do like some of the Kurt Angle matches. I hate the other Kurt Angle matches like the Iron Man. Um, but I mean, 2012 has the Cena match, which is an all-timer, maybe top five match in the company history. The CM Punk match, which I think is great, uh, amazing, four and three-quarter star in 2013. Uh, the Roman Reigns match, the Undertaker match that he just had, I enjoyed those a good bit. So just just a great worker, big time worker right now. I, I, I like the match that they just had at this past Rumble. I thought it was awesome. What was that? What was that match? Roman Reigns and uh, some other dude from the Shield. What was it? The, the Gene Ambrose was it? Oh, uh, Fastlane. Yeah, fast Roman lane, Reigns, fast lane, Gene yeah, Ambrose, yeah. and Brock. Yeah, that yeah, was that really. Was, that that was, I added that at four and a quarter. So yeah, yeah. I thought that was a great That's match a great as well. Match. He's like, like, I don't know. You know how low I am on modern stuff, uh, but he is one guy I make an exception for. I just think he's a awesome um mill mascaras i mean god uh talk about workers i don't have much fondness for um but if you look at his whole career just like anoki he's got that highlight reel you know um and i think mascaras like in a way he gets a bad rap uh and i've written several boring posts on this in the past couple of days if you want to go and have a look at that um uh steve austin now he was lower on your list uh chad he's landed at 57 here clearly helped out by a monster intangibles rating on mine um but i'm guessing like i'll just tell you i gave him a three for great matches and a six for variety do, do you think that's about fair yeah that seems about right uh probably maybe maybe a little bit less on variety but yeah i, I think three for great matches is fair yeah, but only has like his highs are pretty high. He's uh, good in that War Games match that we talked about. He's good in, he's great in the Brett stuff. You know, I I guess Austin's like for some people he might some people might be wondering why he's so low on either of our list, Chad. What would yeah. you say to them? Well, I'd, I'd I'd say he's inconsistent too. But I mean, yeah, I mean Austin is in my the in my opinion the best WCW match of all time right now which is war games and the best wwf match of all time which is austin versus brett so that's pretty good uh just uh, he's someone that to me i see some lost years though 92 he's been inconsistent 91 then there wasn't a lot for us to sink our teeth into uh hollywood blonde stuff in 93 is good 94 we'll see that kind of seems like an uh could be an interesting time i do like the steamboat stuff from 94 but like 95 pretty lost year 96 uh good decent but not to me top 100 good 
97 uh, great highs, but then he has the neck injury and he's off. And then, I mean, you get the attitude error stuff, which is a lot of garbage. I mean, he really changes his style the way he wrestles till 2000. And like in 1999, which I'm plowing through now, he has the two matches with The Rock, which I enjoy, but no other match I would rank even three stars, three and a half stars at. So yeah. pretty disappointing. Um. Okay, uh, I think we should move on. Uh, Chris Jericho, now, he's someone, again, who is snuck in here just because he's basically a guy who's had almost his entire career on TV. Right. Um, and through all of that, he's probably been one of the best workers in the world, arguably, uh, up until, I'd say, a few years ago. Yeah. He really blotted his copybook with that match of that same... His, that was awful. That match of Fastlane. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, yeah, but, like, I don't know, I, I, I kind of, like, I'm, I wasn't really sure what to do with Jericho, you know, like, no. he's a very hard guy to, like, he's almost like a kind of Malenko case, but not at the same time, because he's got, like, the career in WWE afterwards that has, is still going on now. Any thoughts? Yeah, he's someone that if we do do this in 10 years, I might actually rank. But right now, with current Jericho, uh, to me, he just has such a stink that... Uh, I, I think the, I time, don't know. The, the timing of that fast day match was pretty devastating for, yeah, his, for his case, I think. Well, just in just <laughs> lately, like the past few years, like him versus Fandango, him versus Bray Wyatt, it's just like, it's it really since the punk matches in 2012, for me, he's but, been dead so what, what happened because like i mean i remember him and don't forget how low i was on wrestling at this point but like 2008 2009 2010 like he didn't he turn into like the veteran like the kind of almost like i saw him as like somebody as equivalent of like a like a 1991 ted dbrc or, or someone like that who could do a job on the like he he, he could play a role on the card as that mechanic as that guy who's going to give you the solid mid card match or step into the main event if you need him to, or and he, he could trust him, you know? Um, I don't know. I like what happened to that worker. <laughs> I think he's too ambitious now. I, yeah. I don't think he really knows his role or his limitations. Anyway, um, right under him, I had Larry Zbysko, who's got some great stuff with uh, in that Bruno feed, of course. AWA, the match with Sato that you mentioned. Uh, really good stuff with William Regal, or Stephen Regal, I guess. Um, like, I don't know, he's a guy with an interesting career. Uh, do you think um, Zbysko didn't rank for you, Chad? No, uh, good stuff, just not good, good enough. Um, low-key, a guy I thought I'd never rank, but I guess he's had a very long, like, like if you think about the years that he's been one of the better workers in the world, it's probably up there with, like, I, it, it's weird that, that we've talked about this before, that the stretch of time between 2001 or 2002 and now feels shorter than the stretch between, say, 78 and 91 or something like that. But, uh, like, he's been one of those guys in the mix for a long time. And what can I say? He's got, like, I, I watched matches and gave them four and four plus stars. Like, he's fine. Not the sort of guy I'd ever go out of my way to watch. Um, but I can't, like, I have to give him his due. Like, he's got a lot of good matches. 
So, is Loki on, not on your list, Chad? Nope, good stuff. Not good enough. <laughs> okay. Um, my 53 breaks my heart a little bit that you didn't rank this guy. Dory Funk Jr., NWA champion. Um, one in one of the all-time great tag teams with, with his brother. So many great matches in the 70s and uh, early 80s. And really somebody who's had a very bad rap because of a general souring of this style of work, I I, I think. Uh, Dory didn't make it for you, Chad, no? No, I... Uh... I, I don't know. How, the Funk team overall, I'm lower, good bit, I think, than you. And the Dory singles matches, I like. I mean, I like Dory. He made my 170 list, but oh, uh, I guess when push came to shove, I couldn't find a spot for him on the top 100. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I know at least one more guy rated him. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> wait till you see this list. I know we'll, we'll, we'll just publicly shame him on this podcast, Brad, yeah. who uh, opened up a PWI and picked out the top 100. He was he was asking if I uh, if he had any glaring omissions and uh, Justin joked that I should give him like gimmick names and see if he put them into his top 100. <laughs> <laughs> Because oh, I asked him about a guy that uh, about a girl that's actually coming up on my list, and he was like, "Is that a real person?" So, <laughs> <laughs> love, love you, Brad. Uh, yeah, well, I know, like, like if PF puts in a list, he'll rank Dory, for example. So, he's got his fans. Um, uh, Fifty-two, Greg Valentine, Chad. Yeah, uh, great, great worker in the eighties. I, I feel like uh, seen his stuff with Backlund, which is some of Backlund's best matches. That eighty-one match, I like the hour-long draw. Uh, Pete, you likes the hour-long draw. You don't, but I mean, you can have bad taste every once in a while. Um, but he has the Piper stuff as well. Has the Tito series. Just a lot of really great stuff in the canon for Valentine. And like I said, has the rugged Ron and Garvin stuff in '89. Uh, so there's that too and the piper match did you mention that one uh yeah piper from starcade 83 certainly yeah i mean greg valentine um great worker as we've seen and one of those uh, people i think chad who who was a little bit underrated by the um by the kind of early online smart community like i've got that um i've got that book by uh do you remember lee that we had on the show years ago Right. Uh, like, I mean, their write-up of Greg is really like, you know, they don't think he's very, they think he's average and mediocre and so on. So it's, I don't know. I just think he's one of those guys who may get a tough time from a certain type of uh, smart fan. And um, my 51 was uh, Chris Benoit. Now, did, you, did you rank him? Yeah, I have him higher. You have him higher. Okay. So whose turn is it to go next? Me? Uh, it's you with your 50 through 41. Okay. And I think, I think we'll probably stop at, 41 uh for this show chad and we'll hit our top 40 next time what do you reckon all right sounds good all right so number 50 billy robinson 49 mick foley 48 was harley race 47 was l dandy 46 a guy who's had a pretty rough ride on this show steve dr death williams 45 was Shawn michaels 44 was cm punk uh, 43, Carlos Colon. 42, oh. the great Jack Briscoe. And 41, Hiroshi Hase. 
So, All right. Do you have any of those guys higher? So, Jack Briscoe, we both have at number 42. Wow. Well, we matched exactly. Scientifically proven, the 42nd best worker of all time. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. <laughs> um, let's see. I have Billy Robinson higher, which I'm astounded by. I was a little bit surprised by uh, that as well. Um, and I have uh, El Dandy higher, which is probably not a surprise. And also have Shawn Michaels higher. Uh, okay. Um, so... I might as well talk through that. You didn't rank Mick Foley, your childhood, your childhood love, Chad. Uh, yes, <laughs> to a degree. Uh, Foley, someone that, again, he may be another one like Jericho that 10 years down the line, because he's, I mean, there was a rumor a couple of days ago that he may come back for WrestleMania. It's just like, what the, you know, go away. I mean, what can he do? He's not moving the needle one way or the other. He was a guy who had a very big variety rating. He got an eight on the variety. Like, if you put his, like, and he had a pretty big, great match rate, actually, about five. Yeah, two, two, right. like, seems that's fair. Yeah, so, you know, that's pretty good going when in the overall scheme of things. Um, so I think Mick Foley had a, had a pretty darn good career. And, like, I, I am not a guy who holds a post peak against somebody. So I don't really care that he hung around TNA and you know, hung around too long and kind of came back too many times. doesn't really do anything. It doesn't take his 90s and early 2000s away from him, really. So, I don't know. I think Mick Foley has a decent resume of stuff, and I, I'm not even that high on him, you know? so Yeah, he does. I, I will say, I think, like, in doing the top 100 matches, I was a good bit lower on, like, the Royal Rumble 2000 match. That I think most people, I mean, I still thought it was very good, but most, uh, a lot of people have that at like five stars. I mean, he got a good match out of Triple H, for God's sake. <laughs> so did Jericho, in my opinion. Well, that, well, there we go. That's why they're great workers. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> um, oh, by the way. Scott Steiner did not, and he's also on your list. So. <laughs> Spoilers, everyone. Triple H is not on my list. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> he, he, you'll have to catch the next show till you hear where triple h ranked for me <laughs> all right um so uh, who else do we have here harley race right uh now harley race i think the way did you have him chad uh he was uh 54 so we're pretty close yeah pretty close to like do you want to say anything about harley because i think people may have heard from me off, on Harley. yeah i mean i i think it's kind of you know great worker a lot of variety but you know great offensive worker a lot of bombs that he's thrown i think he was a great bridge from your 70s briscoe funk to the flair uh, i think flair yeah. in a lot of ways is like an evolution mm. of the way race worked um so and a, and a huge bumper as well. Yeah, uh, could yeah. bump absolutely too. Uh, could bleed, could brawl, but could wrestle as well if he needed to. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I watch a lot of Harley Race. I just think he's another one of those guys who was hyped for so long, then was kind of reevaluated by, you know, the DVDR crew and so on, like some of your Phils and your Wills and who were lower on him, and then it probably got to the point where that was inherited so much that he became a little bit under underrated, if that makes any sense. I'll be interested if Harley Race actually ranks 
Peter. Yeah, I was about to say he's he's someone that'll be interesting for me, but to see where he slots because I don't think uh, a lot of your like newer fans are really going back and watching him. So yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, I see him dismissed for really, really light reasons, light, light reasons. Like, I mean, I had the exchange with Stephen who said, "Oh, you had a pile driver." on the floor against the JTTS in WWF in 1987, and that's stupid, so I'm not going to rank him. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> do, 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 do you know what I mean, though? It's like, it's kind of like... Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, it just seems flimsy, you know? Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I think Harley Race, you know, probably overrated at one point, because didn't he finish, like, 15 or something in the 2006... Yeah, I don't know. I probably I'll, I, I'll look that up. I think I think he I think he guy. I think he finished top fifteen. Um, Steve Williams didn't rank for you, Chad. Killing me, Parv. I put myself on mute so I'm not <laughs> typing all over the place. And then yes, because no, he did not rank for me. No, all right. Steve Williams did not rank uh, for Chad. I mean, for me, uh, we've been low on him on this show. Um, we have uh, probably seen him in the worst stretch of his career uh, in the late 80s and early uh, 90s, but he's got a resume of pretty good stuff um, across Mid-South. Uh, the stuff that's come up on NWA Classics, where he's got a great host battle with, um, uh, um, what's his name, Terry Gordy. Like, that's a really good match. Uh, yeah, one of that the was best, a good match that came out. On um, NWA Classics. And then... Of course, the stuff I've been watching with Stephen on the All Japan Excite series. I mean, I think Steve Williams is run from about '95 onwards, up, up until about '98. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say '94. Yeah, sure. no, actually, yes, no, you're right. '94, '95, '96. Like, I mean, I'm not seeing him. I'm only seeing like the very best matches of his. But God, he, I mean, he was good. He was killing it. And I don't really buy Stephen's argument that you could replace him with. Big boss man of the barbarian or earthquake or anything. No way. You'd like Steve Williams was like taking head bumps off railings and things like this. It's like no way. Um, also, his backdrop suplex is sick. So uh, that's Steve Williams. A guy. Uh, race was number twelve. Just real quick. Right, he was number twelve. Okay, so you can like, there's no way he's finishing twelve this time. No. Uh, but I do think he does belong. He's de- it's definitely one of the best top one hundred. Um, Williams, like, I'm surprised he's not anywhere near your, like, did, did he, was he, uh, he was on my short list. Um, I mean, I, I like, I think he's amazing in 94 and 96. I was not as high on some of the stuff you've been as high on with all Japan. I mean, I think he's been fine. You're good, but not uh, great. Uh, 97, I think he drops off a cliff pretty quickly. Um, right. So, so that and just the early run is rough. I like his probably 93 better than you. I know I do. I like his 93 stuff a good bit, like the Kabashi match in 93 uh, and the uh, the Masawa Triple Crown defense. So uh, re- really elite for a couple-year stretch. Now, but now I, I don't want to push you just too much scrutiny, but like, has Ian Rotten really got a, like like more stuff in the locker than Steve Williams? Well, as, I, as I said, Rotten was a uh, vanity pick. But, right, okay. you, know, you know, I mean, if I look at the best Steve Williams match I've ever seen, it's probably the Carnival Final versus Kawada right. or the uh, Triple Crown win versus Masala. 
If I look at the best Ian Rotten matches I've ever seen, he has like a four and a quarter, four and a half star match. So the peak of Williams is better than the peak of Rotten, for sure. Like 93 and 94 and 95, Williams is better than any year of Ian Rotten's career. But I think Ian Rotten from 2001 through 2006 had a lot of good stuff. And Williams doesn't have that five-year gap. Like, 92 to 97, I really did not like Steve Williams in 97. Right. It's pretty bad. I, I, I do think the Mid-South stuff can go slightly missing when people think about Steve Williams. But, I, I, honestly, the, the, the tag team with Teddy DiBiase is good, you know? Like, like, like kicking the shit out of the Fantastics and the, and, the, and the Rock and Roll Express and so on. Those matches are good, you know? And he's got... I mean, he's got Ted there holding his hand, but... Like slot into the right position, Steve Williams could be devastating. Right. You know. So, anyway, uh, forty-five was Shawn Michaels, who you have higher. Right. Uh, somewhat bafflingly. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, forty-four was CM Punk. Now, why don't you say a couple of things about Punk here? Um, I mean, somebody that we saw for thirteen, fourteen years. Which, again, I mean, it feels like Punk was still kind of a new guy when he left the WWE, but that's longer than, like, Anderson's career from 84 to 96. So, there we go. Um, I think he has a wide variety of really great opponents. He's also someone on the indie scene that could generate some legit heat. Went to the WWF, has a, WWE, has a lot of uh, variety there. Great match with The Undertaker. Super great match with Brock Lesnar. Uh, I thought his match with The Rock was okay. Uh, super, super matches with John Cena and Myers. I know you're less uh, impressed with that series, but I love that series as uh, most of those matches. So uh, Rey Mysterio, got to bring that up. So he's someone that has a really good variety, and uh, so that's why he landed on my list. Yeah, no, he had a big, he had an eight on the V rating, which is uh, what's got him up the list there. And also a pretty long peak when you think about it. So, um, and solid like fives and sixes and all the others. So that's why, that's why Punk is there. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'm not super high on anything he stands for, really. Um, I did, uh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's move on. Carlos Colon, um, now he is there because he has a very long uh Peak. peak yeah and he's also a big uh variety guy um which comes from working on top in the territory over a long period of time and uh i mean you know there's quite a lot of puerto rico out there on youtube and things um and he's you know he's got matches against people like abby and brody and people like this uh, he's got a match against dory for example he's got a match against terry funk uh, i think his career best stuff i think is against Stan Hansen, uh, in that awesome, awesome feud, um, which I would recommend people watch because it's that out there complete. Um, I'm probably not as high on him as somebody like a, like a Dylan is, but I, I do think Carlos Colon is somebody who probably deserves recognition for being a better worker than he might be credited for. Um, and you know, he's like, those crowds are mental. Um, and he has a pretty special connection with them as well. Um, I mean, I think the comparisons with Bruno are a bit overdone. But, I mean, I, I think that those crowds do help that some of that what kind of wild Puerto Rico stuff. Um, Cologne can sell a beating. And, uh, you know, he's pretty good in the comeback and things as well. So that's Carlos Cologne. Um, 
Jack Briscoe, we both had him at 42, Chad. Do you want to say anything about him? Just a kind of quintessential, to me, NWA champion of the 70s. Uh, smooth but gritty, Matt Work. Um, I actually like his kind of charisma, his regal nature. Um, I don't think it's any secret that uh, Masala is going to be my one or two. And I think as far as an ace role, but also being kind of stoic, Masala's the best that's ever done that, but Briscoe's the second best. I, I think Jack Briscoe is one of the best baby faces of all time uh, as a pure bit, like as a kind of um, somebody who's able to, like you said, Chad, he's got that stoicism about him, but like he's really good at selling. Like he like I can't think of many people who are better at selling a hold than Jack Briscoe is. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I really thought that Briscoe was kind of, I, mean, I, you can't say that somebody like Jack Briscoe is a revelation, but when I watched the footage, I just was like, God, this guy's good, you know? So, sure. and then 41, a guy who actually had a similar effect on me, uh, with some, some more diminishing returns, I guess would be Hiroshi Hase, um, who I think is just tremendous worker and a really charismatic worker, um, with you know in the context of japan which can be a bit stale for guys that you know grew up on american wrestling well hase feels like an american worker to me and those kind of little character touches means that there's more of a kind of heel or face dynamic in his in his matches um so yeah any thoughts on hase i just think he's great on the mat but also can have explosive uh long you know long finishing stretches that are full of excitement uh the blood match is dramatic uh a really kind of thematic worker to me where his matches really seem to progress from really intriguing mat work i mean a lot of the 90s new japan stuff can feel like we're gonna do about eight to ten minutes of mat work and then we're just gonna go into the finishing stretch and hase is able to kind of craft a match where it seems to kind of build thematically and naturally in that style i also think he's very very focused he's actually a worker who does limb work probably better than anyone i can think of apart from like an arn or a you know an anderson brother you know so yes uh when you when you give us your last 10 chad and then we'll we'll wrap things up for today okay uh number 50 chris hero 49 atushi onita uh 48 giant baba 47, Sangre Chicana, 46, William Regal, 45, Tolly Blanchard, 44, Atlantis, 43, Akira Hukudo, 42, Jack Briscoe, and 41, Randy Savage. Wow. So, I don't think anyone was... Oh, well, Savage, I've got higher. Savage, you got higher. Regal? Regal is higher, without doubt, yep. yes. Yep. And uh, what about Onita? Did you rank him? Oh, yeah. Anita is a couple of, yeah. He's, he, I got him a couple of places above, okay. uh, yeah. So not a ton of people to talk about to finish up, but Chris Hero, um, someone you probably haven't watched any of, really, Parv, have you? I, I feel like I have seen some Chris Hero at some Maybe point. Maybe a couple, I, but, yeah. yeah he's. I, 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 may, I mean, I listened, like I said, to that We Don't Know Wrestling podcast, and they said they'd have him in the top 30. I feel like I'll be pretty high on Hero, but... I think uh, I've got one guy a lot higher up, and it's not a surprise, but of the indie workers, uh, Hero's my second highest, and I think his variety is amazing. I watched a match today that he had with American Kickboxer and IWA Mid-South, and 
as someone I, American kickboxer, I don't like at all. And Hero plays a monster, you know, at six three compared to the five five that kickboxer is, but uh, plays that role well. He plays face well. Hero can go long. He can uh, work really long matches in intriguing ways. He can do the strong style, the Japanese style. He can also do the European style if need be. Good chain wrestling, or also work some greedy kind of mat wrestling like the match with Ian Rotten. So, I think he's a fantastic worker and has been for a long time, fifteen years now, and uh, still going strong. Uh, Giant Baba, someone that again when I was doing my Japanese wrestling watching was someone I didn't have a high opinion of, but he's really excelled in that role. Uh, been strong throughout the tape watching. Uh, has good matches throughout the seventies. Good matches throughout the 80s. I like the Hanson series. And even in the 90s when he's in his old age, he has some kind of those hidden gems where he pops up in a spirited match, and it's a ton of fun. Sangre Shikana, that's pretty much the Lucha 80 set that builds that case. Probably, I would say, maybe the MVP of that set. Uh, Yeah, I think that's fair. I I think he's just great. Uberly charismatic and works well. The Paraguayo matches is amazing. The MS Uno matches, of course, amazing. So that's where he's at. Totally Blanchard, uh, someone I, I love. I mean, technician. We don't have a ton of him throughout the years, but I think he has great series. Uh, stuff with Gino that I've seen looks good. On down the line, of course, the Magnum TA stuff, and then the stuff with Garvin, just keep going, tag team with Anderson, you know the case on Tully. Atlantis, someone that I don't think has ever been elite for that long, but he has these all-time matches, and he has great performances. And Atlantis is someone I could see me being challenged on being unfair, because he is kind of inconsistent at times, but I just think when he's really on, those all-time matches are so good that they really hit and resonate with me. He seems like you're Inoki to me. A little bit, um, but but I mean he does. I I do think in the trios, it's not so much that he's bad or boring like Inoki. He just kind of disappears. Mm-hmm. So I, I see that, but I mean, like I liked him in that Santanico nineteen eighty four match. So there's that, and I mean, so he had a match of the year, my match of the year for two thousand fourteen, and. Uh, 20 years before, had another four-and-a-half-star match in my eyes. That's pretty tough to do uh, 20 years apart. Uh, Akira Kudo, she's another plummet from where she was in 2006. Uh, she was number 15 overall in 2006. No way will she be that this year. Her 1993 also I don't think is quite the best year any wrestler's ever had level. Uh, but she's someone that watching the yearbook, she's been very strong, very charismatic, has the crowd behind her, and then has some of the best matches of all time with the Queendom tag in 1994, the 824-1994 tag match that I love, and also the uh, Dream Slam 1 match versus Kandori. Um, was that everyone, Chad? That was everyone that you do not have higher. So I guess you can comment on uh, Baba and Tolly if you'd like. Yeah, I'll just say, I mean, Giant Baba is, a, I think, like, if you're going to make a case of somebody being a smart worker, uh, Baba would be your Exhibit A, I think. I just think he um, he really is a very kind of, he's great at being the a wily kind of veteran style. He's kind of, he's always got that like, slight grin on his face. Yeah. Um, 
I think he's quite likable. Um, I should. I mean, he's got great matches with uh, uh, Destroyer. Jack Briscoe um, would be uh, and like he's got two great matches with uh, Briscoe. Um, I I really like the Funk tags that he has mm-hmm. in the Billy 70. Robinson. Billy Robinson. I mean, like he's got some pretty good matches to his name in the seventies. Actually, I would rank Barber's greatest hits as being better than Anoki's. By oh yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like like you said, obviously he's a seventies guy, but in the eighties and the nineties, because he is such a smart worker, he'll occasionally surprise you by turning in something that you're not expecting to see. So. Yeah, and all the Harley race matches are good with uh, Barber as well. And Tully, I mean, um, yeah, I for some reason I worry about uh, Tully being forgotten about a little bit. Not so much by by the the kind of core older uh, PWO guys, more by the younger crowd, uh, Chad, because I don't like he doesn't seem to be somebody that people have been going back to watch. So um, I'm a little bit worried about Tully. Tully's final ranking, and I guess me putting him at sixty-one is not going to help him very much. But uh, <laughs> did, 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 I, I think he'll slot around there. I think he'll be like eighty to sixty. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean Tully. You know, we if you listen to this show, you know all about Tully already. Slingshot suplex, awesome. All right, well, uh, so we we've got all the way. We've just got the top forty left, and I mean. The, the, We'd rather kind of come back re-energized, give you like another two-hour burst. It may even go longer, that show, because I'm guessing as this list goes on, Chad, we're going to have more and more to say about each guy, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, That's kind of inevitably, too. That's another thing. A lot of times with these lists, we don't want to where we're just rushing, you know, where... I mean, when you get down to like, well, Ric Flair, you know the case. Well, yeah, but we at least want to expand upon it a little bit. Cause. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to slow, like, next show, I guess we're going to take it slower um, through each of each of these different guys who are going to be coming up because there are some pretty big hitters still to come. Uh, so we hope you've enjoyed this as a kind of taster, and we'll be back uh, soon, I hope, for the concluding part of our top 100. Fans, for all of us here at WCW Center Stage, for Cowboy Bill Watts and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, I'm Jim Ross saying good night, everybody.